Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches these baby just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Now, is he strong? Listen, bud, he's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look, baby, overhead. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of the crime, like a flash of light, he'll arrive just in time. This is episode 370 for June 2015, and if you're a fan of this podcast and you missed hearing our weekly adventures, I'd appreciate your support. Log on to our front page at SpiderManCrawlspace.com. Look for a button on the right-hand side that says Support This Site via PayPal. I just put some new options on how you can help donate to the site. Uh, log on there, and it'll take you to PayPal, and you can help us pay the bills and the bandwidth costs to bring you new episodes each and every month. Hey, Crawl Spacers, you miss us? Uh, welcome back. We're back for our first June recording. We're going to take your message board questions and answers on this episode, but let me introduce who we've got on the panel. George, I've missed you. I have missed you, too, and hello, everyone, from flooded Texas. <laughs> and flooded Missouri. Man, my tomatoes are drowning out there, and my biscuits are burning. Uh, <laughs> JR, are you, are you dry where you are, JR? Are we talking about in an, uh, an alcoholic sense? <laughs> no, I know you're sauced. Uh, <laughs> missed you too, Jr. What's going on, man? Well, I, you know, anything I can say is is utterly insignificant to the fact that uh, of who you're going to introduce to the in the podcast coming soon. So I'll just get off the stage <laughs> and allow that to happen because this oh, this nice. this is big. I mean, I'm 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 wearing a tux for this moment. Oh my goodness! Well, we got to introduce. Ashley. Now, wait a minute. When Jr. says he's wearing a tux, he doesn't mean a tuxedo. He he means that he's got uh, a few uh, tux medicated pads <laughs> on his body. Wow. So, no, 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 no. Wow. At my age, tux are plastic surgery. We you know taking in the uh, you know yeah, your the, the flabby parts. Got oh my wow. god! All right, uh, I was about to start feeling underdressed. So well, yeah, poor Ashley. What's going on, Ashley? Yeah. <laughs> I missed, missed you also. Well, y'all are all suffering in the rain. I made it out. So ha. Very nice. And, unfortunately, still a nerd, Mike couldn't make it, so we got the other Mike. Michael Bailey's in the house. Welcome, sir. Missed you. I'd like to think of myself as the OG Mike. Yeah, yeah, you're you're definitely the the original Mike, yeah. The OG Mike. And and you know what? Uh, We, uh, uh, I I miss talking to you on a monthly basis about comics. Yeah, you know, if if, if the books didn't suck, I'd... uh, (laughs) I'd probably be more wanting to, like, read them on a regular basis and, and, and all that, but it's just, God, it's just terrible. It's you're, not just, miss, you're not missing anything. It's well, just well, awful. I, I, I listen to you guys talk about it, and I feel bad. It's like, if it was a fight, they'd stop it. <laughs> One day, uh, Bailey and I on Facebook uh, commiserated for, oh, God, a long time about him being a disgruntled Spider- or Superman fan now, me being a disgruntled Spider-Man fan. It's, right. it's just bad timing, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, it's it's God. I mean, I you know, it, it, I never thought I went. You know, grounded. That that's a, that's a good Superman story compared <laughs> to what they're about to. Uh, wow. The upon I, I, So, I don't know what's going on in the Superman world, but is it any better that you've got John Romita Jr. there? Oh is God, it- no! Oh Jesus, no! I mean, uh, what, what's wrong with Jr. Jr.? Uh, remember when he went after Siege when he 
started drawing that Avengers title and everyone looked like crap. Yeah, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't his normal stuff that I liked. Okay, it's worse than that. Oh, it's like it he w- can't keep a face <clears throat> consistent from panel to panel, and it's just it just didn't look. I mean, like. I can't even describe how bad and inconsistent the artwork. It's like every once in a while, it's like, oh, that's a, that's that's a good one, and then the next one's like, oh my god, what what is this? There's like an abortion on my page. I mean, wow. Seriously. Whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa. hey, Bailey, do you think it may be a case of him not liking Superman as much as he thought? Uh, no. I I just think this is his the style he's going for, and and it's like he he draws Batman. And, and Jeff Johns is just like, hey, we got J.R.J.R. to finally draw Batman. And I'm like, yeah, didn't he do that, like, 1994? Yeah, yeah. With uh, the Punisher special? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he never drew Batman before. So. Well, it's like that one time when Slot said, we finally get to see Spidey fight uh, Bullseye. And I'm like, really? Because we, we saw that a few years back. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mr. Spider Guru, whatever. I don't want to step on your toes. We. We uh, before we get to the message board questions, uh, I also want to uh, publicly congratulate Spidey Dude. Oh. He is a daddy. Uh, his baby girl was born on May twenty eighth, and she's uh, bouncing seven pounds three ounces. And her name is Gabriella. And she, uh, if you go to our front page, we've got some pictures of her. Absolutely beautiful child, and and Zach has a big old a smile on his face, and boy. He's in it now, in AJR. <laughs> First of all, I was going to say, I don't yeah. know why you guys are congratulating him. I mean, <laughs> I mean come on, but, he's a two-day-old daddy. But, but come on, I, come up. You know, I mean, just think about how hitty, how you know Whoa. this is. I mean, <laughs> the guy tried to clone himself. That's oh, <laughs> this, uh, yeah. no, shit, JR's right. Our worst fears are confirmed. I'm sorry, Bailey. I didn't mean. To. I mean, this well, is uh, he could get to cloning himself, and that's what he did. And frankly, I'm frightened for all of mankind. What? I, well, I just the, feel bad for everybody that had May Day in the pool for the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind well, of surprised. This is a rare instance where the clone is cuter than the original. So, uh, congratulations, Zach, and we wish you nothing but the best. And Mom's doing good, so that's always good. So, Zach is going to be up late nights and not get much sleep. Hey, uh, so. hey, Brad. Yes. Before we get to the message board questions, there's a little bit of house cleaning that we that we need to do. There's a Hit it. there's an what internal matter do? that needs to be addressed. Ashley. Oh no. You uh you've been with us for uh, over a fiscal quarter now, so it's time for your uh, it's time for your first uh, review. Your first uh, uh is this employment a, is this review. A, she's been with us a year. No, no. I, I said a fiscal no. quarter, Brad. <laughs> Oh, she's been with us I went into journalism because I'm bad at math. I I, I don't Holy understand the right. business hey. apparently. <laughs> Go ahead. She's been with us a quarter of a year. Okay, it's got time it. for your quarterly review. Are you are you ready now? Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, what, what would you feel uh, your greatest contributions have been so far? Oh God. <laughs> huh? My rapier wit, or something like that. Your your wit. Very nice. That's, inter- that's interesting that you think that. My um, rage on a tone. What uh, <laughs> what. Um, what is your biggest strength, do you think? <laughs> oh, my God. Am I being interviewed here? Yeah. I guess so. I, I didn't know we were doing this. Go ahead, George. I think my biggest strength, I don't know, channeling other suffering. <laughs> okay. But, uh, what would you say your greatest weakness is? Greatest weakness? Uh, I guess coming up with things to say. I'm I'm not much of a talker. 
So yeah, sometimes you're not all that interesting either. I'm just oh, cool. oh I'm joking. So when's your review, George? Uh, well, now uh, <laughs> hang on, we're not we're not done with yours. Now, uh, <laughs> also, also, uh, final question: What are you going to be working towards improving uh, over over the next fiscal quarter? God, I hate these questions. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll improve my contributions by twenty five percent. That's not that's not really specific, but it's okay because there's a note, there's a memo in here uh, that says that uh, Michael Bailey has already signed off on your uh, on your 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 capabilities and your progress. So uh, actually, Mike, I, I, this is you know I, I bring that up because Bailey had very flattering things to say about Ashley and her, and the stuff that she's done on the on the on the show. So far. Yeah, she's been, yes, by the way, she, she's been great. I mean, seriously, I I, I power listen to. Uh, like about three months worth of shows. Oh, you poor oh, bastard! Wow. You have uh, really, and and it was just like uh, I, the 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 depression that I felt from the group as a whole was just offset by the fact that you guys are so damn funny. And uh, seriously, you know, she she came in. I'm talking about like her like she's ball? not even here. I apologize. <laughs> no, you came in. You came into a group that's pretty entrenched, and you hit you hit your you know you hit their weight class right away, and you know I, I think uh, I, you know I just think you're doing a fantastic job. So, oh, uh, and, and I and I turned in that paperwork like three weeks ago, but you know <laughs> you guys have been off, so I guess that got lost in the in the shuffle. So the uh, so Bailey's positive marks for you, Ashley, uh, counter uh, counteract uh, Jr.'s negative review. I was about to say, Bailey is is entrenched a code word for effing out of their minds. Well, when he said weight class, I figured he was calling me and Brad fat. So, no, well, what I was saying is that uh, you know, I'm not saying you guys are old, but when God said let there be light, you three stepped to the left. So, now you've used that version before. I know, I know, but still, I mean. That's because Michael's old too. I was about he's to say, he's yeah, yeah, hey, I turn ten next year. I'll have you know. So, <laughs> oh yeah, you February twenty nine baby. Mm-hmm. I think about you every time I watch the pirate movie. <laughs> Is it rated R? No, Sorry. it's because there's a character in there that was born on a, on on leap year. Before message board questions, we've got uh, four iTunes reviews. Uh, two positive, one uh, average, and one freaking hates us. <laughs> All right. uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll do the oldest one first. Uh, March 16th, uh, great rapport, fun interplay, five out of five stars. R.W. Post, Repose, I guess is the, the handle. Uh, I downloaded this podcast for my daughter. And she oh, God. Oh, shit. Holy shit. That hit me with terror. Surprisingly, this is the one that likes this. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I downloaded this podcast for my daughter, and she seemed to like it. Five stars. In all seriousness, I enjoy listening to the chemistry between the panelists and the host every show. Thanks for the entertaining content. That's very nice. I down- he said, I downloaded this podcast for my daughter, and immediately I think, and then after we listen to this, we go play Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next one is uh, from Quick Freeze on March 17th. Uh, the subject title is It's All Right. <laughs> three, three out of five stars. I've been listening to this podcast for a while now. And I really don't understand why this cast does a podcast at all. They talk over each other all the time. No, we do not. What? 
That was impromptu brilliance. Uh, <laughs> phrases like, it's awful, I don't care, and you demanded Hell it. Hell yeah. Set, are said way too often. Their rating system seems to only range between D- minus and D+. Plus. Oh, that's a bunch of horseshit. <laughs> and our guest has spoken. <laughs> with, with a possible F thrown in from time to time. It's clear they don't like the current Spider-Man titles within the first ten minutes of every episode with their negative tone and sarcastic comments. However, I will say that the cast does know their Spider-Man history. Their classic Spider-Man chats are very enjoyable, but these discussions don't happen a lot and are very rare. I think he's referencing the uh, the review show of the amazing title. You know, there's uh, <clears throat> this is a recurring theme in, uh, in a lot of the negative uh, reviews that we get. Is yeah. people will say these guys suck, but goddamn, they know their spider history. That's like every, everyone who says it about us and who's like criticizes it always admits that they're like, now, okay, well, granted, they know spider history. But, it's but not like the those two could be connected. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, what, Michael? But here's the thing: go back to the Superior issue episodes where you guys and, and I was right there at the end. You know, we were handing out A's and B's. <sighs> yeah, we were. You know, when yeah. when the book was good. We gave, you guys gave positive reviews when the book is terrible, and uh, you know I'm not just taking it from you guys. I I, I I know a lot of other people who read Spider-Man that are just you know they have nothing good to say about Spider-Verse and the current goings on. So you know if it was just you guys saying it, and then I hear from everybody else that it's great, well I'd still believe you, but still. <laughs> The, the the fact is is that the book seems to be slots back to doing what slot did before, which is writing subpar Peter Parker Peter in quotes Peter Parker stories, yeah, and focusing and, on other characters, and you're going to give low grades to that. Yeah, since the reboot, I think it's been really rough. Since the new number one has been very very well. Rough. Remember back when because Bailey and I came in at the end of uh, Superior, we came back yeah. on to review at the end of Superior, and remember. There was those like two or three months where I kept saying, I'm, I'm really scared to see what happens when Slot tries to go back to Peter Parker. Yeah. Because he's not as strong as that as he is as right in Otto. And boy, was that, was, did that turn out to be prophetic. Yeah. We've got uh, two more reviews. Uh, this next huh? one is called Ho- Hoodies on George. Is the guy's handle five out of five? Five out of five would bang again. Wow. Is what his subject is. Uh, five stars. Those words wow, have never been spoken about me. Five out of five. I would bang again. Okay. Uh, this is his review. Strange story. How I discovered the podcast. You see, I woke up only to discover I was on an island, equipped only with an iPhone and a plastic knife to defend myself. After gathering supplies, I stumbled across a hole filled with Wi-Fi that I discovered while gardening crops. Remembering my love of the fictional character Spider-Man, or as the British call him, Arachnid Gentleman, I went in search of a source for the character. I came upon the podcast and was delightfully surprised at how much the panel knew about the character. Listening to George Swoon over Roger Stern was like water for me when I could not find any... When I... When I could not find any, and JR's spider history makes the strings of my wounds stings. from bad... Stings. <laughs> oh, stings. Yeah. So wounds sorry. Wounds don't technically play string instruments. But it's a, I don't. I, don't I, I, think there, I think there would be. Anyway. I, I'm not the one who does this for a living. I don't want to tell you your business. Did you just makes say strings the sting. No, strings are not woodwinds. That, I, I'm never getting through this. Okay, <laughs> makes, the, makes the stings of my wounds... 
from battling the island's native giant robots with lightsaber chainsaws, rocket arms. The panel <laughs> panel's reviews on the books are largely mixed, which is good because no one likes a roundtable with a bunch of people saying the same damn thing. I added damn to that sentence. Uh, even when there's good issues, the group brings up problems a casual fan might not think of. I plan on swimming back to society soon, only with the goal to strip slot from the book Kicking and Screaming, so I shall listen to you guys wow. as I journey out to sea. P.S. I have personally met fans of Silk, to which when they... When told why I don't like the character, I was told, oh, you don't like her because she makes Spider-Man look bad. Because, God forbid, Spider-Man looks good in a Spider-Man book. Thanks for dealing with my silly. That was very creative. I appreciate that. Uh, wow. Does this guy have a Kickstarter for... or something to go to <laughs> and... Here, point, I am... Point of parliamentary that. procedure here. Point, uh, point of order, Brad. Go ahead. I have to correct something. Uh, and uh, in the UK, they don't call Spider-Man arachnid gentleman. They call him Spidey Govna. <laughs> So just just saying. I also uh, figured out what crops he's uh, growing out there. <laughs> he, he likes the hash. Uh, all right, no, check out our thank Christmas you for episode. Then there you go. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, thank you very much, hoodies on George. I I, I hope Is that like snakes on a plane. Hoodies on George. Yeah. <laughs> five, five out of five would bang it again. Hoodies on this motherfucker. <laughs> and, and and the tagline on the movie poster is five out of five would bang again. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready for the one that hates us? Uh, I wanted to bring up is, real quick. Sorry to uh, yeah. derail for just a moment. The, 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 I, I wanted to take the moment to make George just a little more uncomfortable when he. Nice. Uh, Brought up the guy who who let his daughter listen to the podcast. So my mom has been listening to these too. God, all <laughs> and right. George, she had something specifically to say to you. That one oh, comment you made when you come up. You, she's only listened to the first couple episodes I've been on, so it hasn't gotten too bad yet. But when you said you claimed you wanted to adopt me, oh well, he says not on my watch. So she's coming for you. I like how your mom's like a superhero. Not on my watch. I like it. That's hi, really hi, uh, Mom Ashley. <laughs> She'll say hi maybe like eight months from now when she finally gets around to it. No, that's, that's cool. <laughs> Man, my, my downloads in Georgia are going nuts. I tell you what. <laughs> All right, the one person that hates us uh, summed up his hatred in one sentence. Uh, the Benatator. Benator? Benatorator. Benator Raider, good Lord have mercy. Uh, his subject title is If Negative Is Your Thing, one out of five stars, posted this on May. We went uh, all of April without an iTunes review, but uh, Benator Nader <laughs> got one in in May. Uh, he says, quote, if you love being negative, you're over 40, and you laugh uncontrollably at your own jokes, then this is the podcast for you. So that's a one-star review? That sounds like five. I mean, that's... How old am I well, again? <laughs> yeah, Ashley's only like what you're uh, 15. Oh 16? wow, that, that was a longer break than I thought. Wow. Didn't you get your driver's license last week? <laughs> George is in his uh, 40s. I'm in my 40s. Ashley's in her 20s. Jr. is uh, retired. So Jr. is in the home, uh, <laughs> and Bailey is the same age I am. I think I'm a year younger than you. Yeah. You're younger. You're 39. And he's okay, better looking. Yeah. And Mike is in his thirties too, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's in his late thirty. I think he's like thirty eight or thirty nine. There you go. 
<sighs> anyway, Banana Nader, I'm sorry that uh, Banana Nader, what Banana? How do you say? No, I don't. I don't think we're earning any Banana. points with him right now. I just Banaderator. Oh, I'll there, go ahead and say it's not a matter. Of, I'll go ahead and say then it's not a matter of age; it's a matter of taste. Oh, and if he's hearing this, he's probably he's probably screaming right now and going five points from Gryffindor. <laughs> Magic missile. Yeah. So. <laughs> Lightning bolt. <laughs> That's hysterical. All right, let's get to your message board questions. We I don't remember the last time we did this. It's, I don't think we did it in February. No, we Have we done? Didn't one? do one in March either. It was twenty years ago. <laughs> I think January possibly, but I could be it's wrong. It's been a anyway. while. Uh, lockdown, our buddy Ryan Reed from uh, location that real small town with a big heart in Illinois. Hey gang, welcome back. Miss listening to everyone here. It's truly a dark world when I can't listen to JR and George on a regular basis. Brad, I hope you are feeling rested and ready to go. And Ashley, I missed your tender voice on Spider Man. Here are the questions. Brad, I was just surveying what's left of my comic collection, and I was wondering if you have any pointers on how to best organize a comic book man, man cave. Been wanting to set it up the last couple of years since Melissa and I have owned the house, but I'm uh, in a lock of what to do next with my collections. Ryan, or Mr. Lockdown, as you are on the board, I think you have a big basement is what I, uh, from seeing pictures on your Facebook page, and you've done a pretty good job. You've got, uh, I think he has like, you know those things in libraries where they, they're on rollers and, and Ooh, they put the carts on? Carts. <laughs> yes, carts. Wow. I was thinking the ladders, and I got excited. No, he doesn't have a ladder. Oh, doesn't have a ladder. But I, I like that setup. <laughs> um, in in my man cave, I, I'm spread out in two different areas. I've got a uh, <laughs> I've got an office with a bunch of long boxes. <coughs> a bunch of folks. <laughs> it's like uh, let me let me let me explain to you what bunch of means when Brad's talking here. If you've ever walked into Graceland, into what used to be the racquetball court that they turned into a, a gold record shrine, and you look up and it reaches the goddamn sky, um, that's pretty much what Brad has. Like, you walk in and it's to your right when you walk in through that door. And you look yeah. up at the wall and it is literally up to the damn wall. I don't even know where he's putting the new stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, me neither. Uh, <laughs> I've got uh, long boxes on one wall, and I've got collectibles on another, like shelves. Um, just make do with the limits or the space that you're given. I, I, I divide it up into sections like comics over here and posters. And Chucky over here. And Chucky, yeah. <laughs> but just look at your space and, and have an area where you can go down to the man cave and, and, and sit and read a stack. You know? You need something like that. And, uh, like a, a recliner or a, ch- a comfy chair that you can read these books that you, you've invested so much time into. So that would be my advice. If you are putting it in a basement, I would uh, check the humidity level <coughs> yeah. uh, and get a, dehum- get a dehumidifier if you need to. Comics, uh, as yeah. a rule, do not like uh, damp spaces, which is kind of ironic when you think that most of the fans really are kind of like the opposite of that. But... Uh, <laughs> But but no, it, it's it's just uh, if I may chime in yeah. real quick because um, you've got a comic book man cave a little bit. Well, I mean, my I am in a temporary thing. We're gonna get I'm gonna get back to it and all that. But it's just you know just make it your own. I mean you know exactly you know comics you don't want to stack them too high the boxes because the weight on the bottom eventually yeah. starts to starts to have problems. I mean It'll start right to, now it's like a pancake. Yeah, I mean, right now, 
short boxes, like stacked four high, and already after about a year of doing that, it's uh, I you know when I take the the one off the bottom, you can see the indentation uh, from yeah. the uh, from the top one. So. Uh, I, if you've got the money, I would invest in the drawer boxes. Is what I've got, but I, I can do those six high. And I've like, let me count. I've got yeah. Those ah. seem to have a better weight distribution. They do. A, They've got than a, a short they, box or a long box does. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got sixty boxes on a wall of a long drawer box on that that. My high thing George was talking about. Uh, also, uh, to hit the the basement theme, uh, I've seen some people do this. Um, buy, go over to like Lowe's or Home Depot and get some plywood or something, and put them underneath the the cardboard boxes in case you you spring a leak in mm-hmm. your basement or something like that. That way, the cardboard on the ground, on the carpet, or the cement has a buffer of uh, an inch or th- yeah, a couple your, inches. Yeah, your basement so. flooded once. Yeah, it did, but luckily it didn't hit the man cave. It, uh, there was a seal in the cement outside that I, I've since sealed up that uh, some water got in and got the carpet wet. But, yeah, we fixed that. So, But the, putting it under, I, even I need to do this, put uh, some plywood underneath your, your cardboard. Uh, JR, given the death of the MU thanks to Secret Wars, what part of Spider history outside the last decade do you hope will stay dead and forgotten in the new moo? God, that sounds dumb. New moo. Yeah, that's what Brevard's <laughs> calling it now. Sounds like a dairy product. <laughs> yeah, it's an unfortunate name. Yes. Go ahead, Jr. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, 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 Ryan, I was uh, thinking about your question, and actually, the first answer that came to mind was, well, actually, the last decade is what I would like <laughs> to see go away and not come back. Yeah. Because the, the last decade has been, you know, I, I kind of think of when exactly. Well, because I remember the the podcast started, I think, during Civil War, didn't it? And the podcast, oh, six. Yeah, yeah, and the podcast is now almost ten years old. So I'm thinking, yeah, that's about right. Civil War. I mean, just wipe the whole thing out. Uh, when I tell yeah. people when I consider Spider-Man to have actually ended, um, I always say sometime before Civil War. Yeah, but I but I did think about it a little bit again, and some of the stuff, you know, even the some of the bad stuff, like you know, the Clone Saga. Or, you know, even the Stacy Goblin twins, who, who a lot of people don't like, a good writer can take those concepts and do something with them. You know, maybe the Clone Saga could be tweaked a bit where it made more sense. No. You know, maybe Venom's stupid origin could be redone, you know, and maybe yeah. you get rid of that lethal protector bullshit or and get rid <laughs> and get rid of robot parents. But, you know, really the Spider-Man titles, I don't think, started having stuff that, I mean, of course, there were always bad stories, but I, I really don't think it was until the fourth monthly title that you just really started to see the pure garbage. Uh, <laughs> 25 years ago this month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because <clears throat> then it just became, you just diluted the brand and you were just throwing shit out there because you could sell it. So anyway, mm. so that's the best answer I can give you. George, I know you saw my Steve Ditko news with me receiving a letter from the legendary artist. Is there any piece of collectible that you have under lock and key and with security cameras, lasers, and a very angry-looking spider in the corner of the room on it like I do with my letter from Steve Ditko? No. Uh, here's the thing. 
<clears throat> when you're in an unfortunate period where you've been unable to find a good job as long as I have, uh, suddenly money becomes a very real issue, and I've had to sell – and I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I've had to sell off most of my collection now. Um, yeah. I'm, In fact, I'm down to about a fifth of what I used to have. What did you save? Like amazing? No. Uh, I'm getting rid of everything. See, the, the thing is is that the really? stuff that I really like, like old amazing stuff, yeah. I already have that in God knows how many different collected editions. Yeah. So I can I can deal with parting with you know with with the original issues. I mean it's at first it kind of sucked, but then you know it, it, at the same time I was like, oh my god, look at all, all the space this is freeing up. <laughs> you know, in my tiny yeah. little apartment. Um, so no, I don't really have one um, anymore. I just you know because <clears throat> I, I got to that point where. I've been struggling for so long, and I don't talk about this a whole lot. I, I don't post it on Facebook or anything. You know, I don't. I don't like sit here and complain. You know, and, and have a pity party for myself. I'm just like, this is this is where I'm at right now. Um, yeah. But it, it puts things in. You know, and I've gotten a lot of different perspective now. You know, and I've started selling off like DVDs and Blu-rays. I don't that I'll look at. And I'm like, why did I even buy this in the in the damn first place? <laughs> you know, and so uh, I'm never going to watch this again. So I, I went through my my collection. I'm like anything that I literally. I'm never going to watch again, and was probably drunk when I bought. Uh, <laughs> is, is going away, and so you know I've been doing a lot of a lot of house cleaning, and actually kind of going the uh, I don't know like what is it what is that like a Buddhist way like to have fewer material possessions? Is that what that is? I mean, I'm not, I guess I, I'm not a hippie or nothing. Don't get me wrong. Where, where are you selling your comics? How are you getting rid of them? I've been selling most of them to. Um, uh, my comic shop, uh, you know, uh, dot com. They're local. They used here in Texas. They used to be a huge chain called Lone Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In fact, that's where I started. You know, that was the first comic st- comic shop I actually went to. The first one that uh, that I went into was one that they had a, a place called uh, Towny Small out in Mesquite, um, which was a huge store back then. And uh, Lone Star is responsible for me having spent so much damn money. On no. collecting, on collecting stuff. Now that I talk about this is when that was the first comic shop I went into. I had been reading comics for a long time before then, but that was all stuff that I'd gotten at like drugstores and yeah. you know Seven Eleven back when they used to have them at Seven Elevens and crap like that. You know, on the on the spinner racks. Yeah. What issue got you the most money? Um, those two. Oddly enough, this made me think of Bailey. Those two GI Joe uh, number uh, one what was it one fifty five Bailey, the the last of the Marvel run. Yeah. When, oh, the last issue. Yes, oh, okay. I got almost a hundred bucks each for those two. Yeah, uh, the, that one because the print runs were so god awful low by the end of that series. You can really, I mean, every comic show I go to has one. Somebody will have it on their um, their you know their wall behind the behind the booth, and it'll yeah. have one hundred and fifty dollars on it. Yeah, uh, you know, I I wasn't into GI Joe. I was into Transformers, and I I collected all eighty issues of that. I, I hear the last five or ten of Transformers are rare too. For whatever reason, I don't know what it was back then because I had stopped reading GI Joe for a long time because GI Joe, as Michael and I can tell you, got really shitty for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, before before and it, there was a reason it came to an end. They were they were they were out of ideas, um, and. Uh, but I remember when I saw it, I picked it up, and I was so nostalgic. I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to get two of these just because I, I love G.I. Joe that much. Oh, you okay. And, and so I, I did. Well, I cashed in on those two. Um, I also got a lot of money probably, I want to say, somewhere between 80 and 100. I can't remember now. It's been months 
uh, since I started doing this. Uh, for the uh, Amazing Spider-Man, that first Venom was at three hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bought two. I bought two issues of that off the uh, spinner. Also, yeah, I made a lot that, off that. Yeah, that book hit. That book was a solid twenty-five dollar book until two thousand seven, and Spider-Man three came out, and suddenly that was a hundred and fifty dollar book, and it has kind of mm. remained at that level since then because, yeah. you know, I bought a crappy copy. For twenty five bucks, like uh, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, I've since sold it. But it wasn't. It was like it wasn't like falling apart, but it wasn't much better than that. And that now, that was like twenty five bucks. So the the one issue I got the most for, bar none, uh, and I saved this one for the end. And that was uh, that was Marvel Team Up number nineteen. I got uh, twelve hundred dollars for that. Jesus. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Who was in that one? First Prince Stegron. Oh, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I bit all on that. Bit all on that. Actually, I tried my hand at cosplay again with dressing up as Matt Murdock based on the Netflix series. Are there any characters or upcoming characters from the new series you would love to try out? Uh, first of all, awesome choice. I love I, oh. I love the uh, I love the costume design in the uh, Daredevil series. It was awesome. Um, from the from the new series, I don't know which series he's talking about specifically, but um, I think Daredevil. I Daredevil. guess huh? there have well, there's no really. I feel like there haven't really been any prominent female characters, at least not costumed female characters in Daredevil yeah, at this point. About so. to be. Sweet. All right, bring yeah, it. They're, they're so, already um, talking about bringing Electra in next year. Mm, yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to take a look. Um, I'd say the most that stands out from Marvel. I'll just go with Marvel in general right now. I was thinking uh, when I saw when I went and saw Avengers, however long ago that was. I guess that's been a month already. God, yeah. um, I do really want to do a Black Widow cosplay. She's been growing on me, and nice. I want to I want to be able to make a suit that is like so skin tight like that. That's like my dream. You mean you weren't offended by Joss Whedon's overly sexist interpretation of the character? <laughs> Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bailey seems that no matter what, Mayday Parker seems to get the short gets the shaft from Marvel these days. Even with getting her own backup stories in the Spider Island Secret Wars tie-in, do you think Mayday will ever stop being shoved to the back of a book? Even though the original creative team is writing her stories, seems that Mayday has no justice. Look, there, there, there's these characters that came up in the in the nineties, and if I'm remembering correctly, Mayday made her first appearance in like 1998. 97, yeah. somewhere there? In a, in a what if, yeah, yeah. One of the last issues of that series. And, you know, at that point in comic book history, you could support, like, ancillary characters. And that's not me insulting Mayday. That's just, kind of, you know, to, to be fair, Spider-Girl was never, a, you know, was not the main book. It was an offshoot right. of Spider-Man. So Just like the Batgirl, Cassandra Cain, was an offshoot of the Batman books. And for whatever reason, at some point, the market shifted to the point where the comic book companies did not care about that anymore, mainly because these things were getting to be 3 $4 a, a pop. When, when the books are $1.99 a piece, you can have more titles out there that are with the supporting heroes, essentially. And... I, I gotta give it to Marvel. They gave Spider Girl every chance they could. I mean, let, let's be fair. Her original title went what a hundred issues. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Her then, then spectacular yeah. uh, Spider Girl. Yeah. And her second title went about thirty issues. Okay, so that hundred and thirty issues. That's ten years worth of comics. Okay, that's yeah. an amazing, no pun intended, run. Oh yeah. In this day and age, so. Mm-hmm. The fact that they don't care about her anymore isn't really doesn't reflect on her. It's more a reflection of the current comic book uh, publishing model, where that type you know they can they can do a Spider Gwen because it's hot for right now. That book is not going to last. No, let's be fair. It's not going to. I agree. So I I don't think it's that she doesn't get any justice. It's that the the people that were into her are still into her, but most of them have probably just given up on comics completely. Uh, much <laughs> yeah, less, you know, true. trying to trying to stick with Spider Girl. So I don't think I don't think Marvel's being um, evil here. You know, I, I don't think they're they're being mean to the character. I don't think somebody, I don't think Axel Alonso has a mat on. For Mayday Parker, and and they're just gonna you know relegate her to the to the backup status. But the fact is, it's not there now. If Marvel was smart, they yes. would do <laughs> they would do kind of what DC has done with their digital first books and float out there. Hey, here's a, a you know a ninety nine cent digital Spider Girl series once a week. You get like six page, six or seven or eight pages, and you just follow the story and float it out there. See if that works. And I, that, well, they they kind of tried the I, refresh me guys. Didn't they try a digital Spider Girl? I don't know how you could buy it though. It was. They tried it. Com- they tr- yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it was. They tried something, but it just it didn't was several years ago. It was pre like Comicsology or something. Yeah. I, I forget what, how they tried to sell it. Obviously, it wasn't very memorable. <laughs> you know, you know, Marvel is yeah. really good with the digital stuff. I mean, I, I have recently, yeah. since I've got a tablet now, I, I subscribe to Marvel Unlimited. Oh my god! Holy what, crap! What, what are you going through most? Uh, you know, I ha- I went through some burn Alpha Flight. I uh, ooh, I because yeah. there's like the first nine issues of that series. What what I'm really looking forward to getting into is they have a lot of the '50s Cap and the '50s oh. Namor and that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> it's it's really just amazing. Now, to be fair, uh, which somebody recently has said I say too much. Um, the, you know, if it's a if it's a book that had those DVDs that were floating around about ten years ago that uh, the Git Corp put out, yeah, uh, I still have all, mine for Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, all of that stuff's on there. Um, but if you're looking for like like I wanted to read some Punisher uh, War Journal, yeah, they only have like the first nine issues. So it, you know, if 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 you've got a movie out. <laughs> they've got all your stuff up there. Uh, you know, you know, I've noticed with that. You know, when they pr- when they re- re- when they produce the Marvel Masterworks, they recolor them and they and they pretty them up essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like uh, they just released the recent Defender volume. So I think soon you'll see the Defenders issues in the Unlimited. I think it's all synced up. I think that's how. Uh, 
what why some stuff appears, etc. You know, it's, it's tied into their trades. As hard as I am on Marvel, because uh, uh, remember we did that. Remember we talked about this Bailey when when you and I had had come back to the to the show here, uh, and I had said that was you know it's for, it was for digital hipsters. Mm-hmm. And then, like a few months later, I was like, "Yeah, I'm actually doing this now, and it kicks ass." <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I had a tablet, I would be into as it. hard as I am on Marvel. That was that's actually very well done. Yeah. Marvel, yeah, it's, it is actually a good deal. I mean, if you were just wanting to read stories, uh, you know, you can get the 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 like uh, upscale one for ninety nine a year, but seventy bucks a year. And all of their new stuff hits six months after it's on the stands. You read any new stuff? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I have it sitting over there. I, uh, I'm buying Secret Wars. Yes, yeah. I haven't. Cool. I haven't read the first two issues, but uh, and I'm picking, I haven't either. And I'm picking up some of the ancillary books. Uh, mostly, if it, if it's got Hulk in the title, I'm pretty much getting it because I saw that there's a future imperfect. I think I told you about that. Yes, you did. Yeah, I was uh, that actually made me go ooh, and so I went and checked out their website, and it was just like, oh god, it's just like, like DC and Marvel are doing the exact same thing right now. Where yeah. you know, with DC just wrapped up Convergence, where they went through a bunch of old concepts and titles, and now Marvel's going to make that. It said, oh, you want to do that for two months? We're going to do it for eight. <laughs> isn't isn't Convergence? Because I haven't been keeping up with this. Because frankly, and I've talked to you about this, DC is dead to me. Um, but uh, isn't that isn't that like another yet another reboot, basically? Um, here's the weird thing. Now, spoilers for anybody who hasn't who who hasn't read it yet. It got spoiled for me because I was waiting for everything to come out before I read. I was just going to read it all in one big chunk. Uh, because I'm getting older and my memory isn't what it was. And oh well. At the end of the story, they basically said. It's not a reboot, but they said, you know, all those, you know, reboots and everything we've done, um, all those worlds are out there. So the pre-crisis DC universe, that's out there. The post-crisis, that's out there. The pre-flashpoint, the flashpoint, if it's been anything we've ever done, it's out there somewhere. So they basically just negated the entire crisis to begin with. Yes, they have undone Crisis on Infinite Earth. <laughs> this is why I just don't care about DC anymore, man. I just yeah, and, and and some people are like, "This is great. This means we can get all these titles." I'm like, "Yeah, good luck with that." Because here's the thing: <laughs> one, I don't trust DC Comics. No, because because they have lied to me on too many occasions. Seriously, I mean, you know, I, I I'm sure Marvel fans go through the same thing, and have been going through the same thing with like the Marvel now reboots and starting up new series and all that and you know I, I really liked the first uh, trade and a half of Mark Wade's Hulk run I thought that was actually pretty good but it goes to hell really quick <laughs> <laughs> it goes to hell damn quick I'm like well this is an interesting concept oh no but uh, okay. but but it's just like you know DC the current regime has hit the reset button more than once in their time in their time of being in some you know so you know like Nandadio went from being executive editor to publisher okay so in his time in those positions they've done Infinite Crisis they've done Flashpoint they've done the New Fifty Two now they've done this convergence thing and you know they could pay lip service to older fans all they want they're going to keep pushing the new stuff that they want to push. And they may throw us a bone, but that's all it is. It's just a bone. 
So I, I remember uh, when uh, the new Fifty Two happened, and uh, and I said at the time I remember I was like I'm not reading DC now. I'm waiting for all the unending events to stop. <laughs> and that never did. And then they rebooted it with the new 52. And I was like, so basically what DC has told me is you don't need to really follow anything. We're just going to keep rebooting this every five years or so. And I've been proven correct apparently now. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, that is exactly what has happened. Okay. It's, so let's let's uh, get to TNR one hundred five. That's all right. No, <laughs> yeah, no, we went off fine. on a tangent. Sorry, Brad. It's okay. Uh, his location is half a sleeve of Ritz. Marvel Cinematic Universe questions for the gang this month. I'd like to apologize for Brad for directing one to each panelist, despite how long the questions look. I tried to cre- uh, keep them relatively simple. Man, he, he has multiple images, too, with us. Yeah, this is but I appreciate him writing in. Uh, to the gang at large, Daredevil, to those who have watched the series, what do you think? What do you want for next season? It's rumored we'll get Elektra, Bullseye, and maybe even the Punisher. I still think Spider-Man would be a better fit in this corner of the MCU and would rather see him... Pa- uh, Pow around, or I think it's pow around, with Matt Cage and Iron Fist, and I would the Avengers. Alas, money. Uh, has everybody watched Daredevil on Netflix? I have. Mm-hmm. Jr. I've seen everyone except the last two. I haven't seen the last Ooh. two yet. Okay, Ooh. dude, the last two are old. Oh, God, <laughs> you're gonna freak out, Jr. Yeah, oh, we, uh, you're gonna lose. We all, uh, Spencer and I, and and my wife, we binged on like the first eleven. Over like a course of a couple of days, and then I forget what I was doing, but they didn't want to wait for me, so they watched the last two, and we've just never gotten around. I've never gotten around to seeing them. What was the consensus? You like it? Oh yeah, everybody. I mean, yeah, yeah. We all nice. we all like it, and it was like I, I was thinking when I was first watching the King, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio and the way he was doing Kingpin. I was thinking, eh, no, I don't know if I'm really getting into this or whatever. And then of course the scene with the car and the car door is like, oh, God, yeah, he kills it. Well, what you have to remember about Vincent D'Onofrio and the Kingpin is that because I've seen this criticism where people are like, well, I don't. This isn't really the Kingpin I'm aware. I know of, and I'm like, yes, because you don't. See that guy until the dead end. This is yeah. very mm-hmm. much an origin story for the kingpin, explaining exactly. how he got where he yeah. got to. So uh, you have to understand that when you're like while you're watching it, is like this when he starts off, he's not the kingpin at the start. He evolves into the kingpin. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, have you seen it? I've seen the first three episodes. I've just I've just had like a really crazy schedule, and unfortunately, it's not one of those things that I can sit there and watch with my wife. Because I have to pre-screen it because she has the the PTSD uh, when it comes to bones breaking. The show hates bones. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, there are a lot of fights with bones. And um, <laughs> and you know, I was watching episode three this morning, as a matter of fact, and just loving the hell out of everything involved. I mean, who knew that the chunky guy from Idle Hands would make like one of the best Foggy Nelsons ever? <laughs> uh, fun fact: He was also in She's All That, and who did he hook up with at the end? Anna Paquin. So Foggy Nelson oh. and and Rogue. Yeah, he touched Rogue. Yeah, that, that, that's slash <laughs> fictions out there, I'm sure. But uh, oh no, so I mean that's not slash fiction. Well, that's right. You're you're right. Sorry, the, the <laughs> erotic fiction. How about that? I think I think the consensus. And Ashley, you, did you enjoy it? Yeah, Daredevil show, absolutely. Oh yeah, cool. It's good. All around, we love it. Us bunch of haters all love that show. I, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna tell you that that episode two, that fight at the end of the second episode. Oh, in the hall? Where he just goes up and down way. that freaking hallway. Oh my That's god. It was I, so so the, oh those those really great cinematography and just choreography and everything. I'm one of these guys that loves fight scenes. I've loved fight scenes since I was a little kid. 
And I love really well-done fight scenes. And now that we've gotten really away from the Matrix crap and uh, the fact that most of these fights you can actually see because they've backed the camera up five feet and let you see everything, I was just mm-hmm. I was just completely blown away by that. It was just amazing. And there was no cutaways. It's one continuous shot. Well, there are cutaways. But oh, there are? Yeah. I thought it was one shot. It... it I heard Casada on Kevin Smith's Batman podcast talking about Daredevil because, you know, whatever. Uh, and there are some really sneaky cuts in there. Oh yeah, you could tell that there's there's, there's different people playing Matt. Um, no, but also they 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 only did like two or three takes, and they hmm. used the best versions of all of those takes essentially. Oh, that's so awesome. you can you can make something look like a continuous shot. Oh, okay. But you know when you're when it goes around or into a room or something, that's where they can make a cut, essentially. Plus, with digital editing these days, this yeah. this shit's seamless. So. I got the I got the the feeling that like you know every time Matt entered a room and you heard what was going on but you didn't see it that then suddenly you know he would come out and it it would be like a different guy playing him because <laughs> he had the mask on and everything it'd be like a different stunt guy. Yeah. From what I understand, yeah. the 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 one time they used a stunt guy in that scene was at the very end when he was jumping around. Yeah. As far as his angle about seeing Spider Man on the television show, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But uh, I, I I like Spider Man in the, in the Avengers, and I do love the street level well, stuff. Well, you know, Brent, I, here's the thing: it depends on the deal with, and and they're, they've got to be getting close to this. Yeah. We keep seeing rumors and and this, but I mean, they're filming Captain America three, and that's when Spider Man or Spider Man is supposed to show up for the first time. Correct. So. That's going to come soon. It's going to depend entirely on the deal they made with this guy. They could have made one deal and said, or we can give you even more freaking money, and you come on and you and you do a few guest appearing, uh, appearances on Daredevil and a few guest appearances on uh, on the Defenders or whatever we're going to have. If yeah. if you want that package for an extra twenty or thirty million, that's here. Spencer was sorry. No, go ahead, Jr. What are you saying? No, I was about to say Spencer was. In fact, Spencer just brought it up that that very subject up. He says, "Oh man, Spider Man ought to be on Daredevil." You know, he says you got to have Spider Man and Daredevil team up to fight the Kingpin. You know, so he was. Uh, but I, I think I just wanted to get this in before I forgot. I think this is just a superbly cast show. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Scott Glenn is stick. I mean, he just. I, I just thought he just ate up, ate it up. It was yeah. awesome. And then, uh, oh, you know, even the guy who played the Al, the old character actor, like Bob Guten or whatever, I, or yeah. I thought he was terrific. And and um, God, there's somebody. Oh, 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 the sleazeball who played Wesley. You know, the king. He just was so smarmy, and it just was yes. a really well cast show. And Wesley doesn't have much in the comics as far as history. Just the born again story is what I remember him. From. But, but that actor yeah. just like he just was so yeah. slimy and sleazy. And it, I even liked the guy. Oh, who's the guy with the chainsaws on his wrists in the comics? Gladiator. 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 I thought that was cool. I thought I liked his. It is. Bit, it is like a magical time for superhero TV right now. Yeah. Uh, Brad, how excited are you that William Hurt's confirmed to reprise the role of Thunderbolt Ross in Captain America 3? For the longest time, it seemed like the Incredible Hulk was the redhead stepchild of the MCU, and I think it's great that we're seeing an actor from the film return after eight damn years. It's rumored Ross will take the role Maria Hill had in the comics. What with being the devil on Tony's uh, shoulder when it comes to controlling and regulating heroes. I honestly think it's 
A perfect fit for the character and look forward to more of their dynamic that we saw ever so briefly in The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally liked uh, The Incredible Hulk movie. I liked the casting of William Hurt. Uh, but I like Ruffalo better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's nice to have a tie to that movie and uh, bring it into it. It is kind of like the the one that gets often gets overlooked. Uh, Bailey, you're the biggest Hulk fan on the show right now. You, you, are you a fan of The Incredible Hulk? Oh, movie? God, yes. The Incredible yeah, Hulk, as, yeah. as my friend Big Honk and Steed once said, yeah. The Incredible Hulk finally allowed us to go, God, that Ang Lee film is a piece of crap. Exactly. Um, I was doing that when the Ang Lee film came out. Well, I, I was so disappointed <laughs> in the theater and, and on it, opening weekend. It oh. was the best synthesis of the television series and the comics that they could do. Uh, I liked Norton, but I like Ruffalo so much better in the role. Yep. Uh, I, I just, uh, but when I heard that William Hurt was coming back, and, and keep in mind, one of the good, the two best things about the Ang Lee Hulk film were Jenner, uh, Jennifer Connelly and Sam Elliott. And Sam Elliott was okay. What do you, you think of him versus William Hurt? I thought William Hurt played the bastard General Ross yeah. very well because that guy was not, he's not a good guy. He's not a good no. guy in any sense of the word. So the fact that he's coming back, and he seemed to have a really good time playing the role. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited that he's coming back. And there's a connection for that uh, after credit scene mm-hmm. where Absolutely. Tony talked to him. Which is weird because now he's like best buddies in the movies with the guy that Ross hates. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> always like... Funny. I'm sorry, Bailey, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was laughing. I was like, yeah... <laughs> You know, um, it's funny because uh, TNR mentions here, or mentions here that this is like the redhead stepchild of the MCU. I don't actually get that so much, so much as it is a thing where they don't know what to do with him going forward. Because if you think about it, they referenced uh, they referenced that movie in the first Avengers movie. Remember when um, uh, where Banner says, you know, uh, that with last time he was in New York, he broke Harlem. Yeah, and he he got low. And yeah. he tried to kill himself and all that. I think it's yeah. that Universal owns the movie rights to The Incredible Hulk. And when they did the Hulk film in 2008, it was before Marvel was bought by Disney. So it was a Marvel Studios film in association with Universal. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it's it's complicated now because... They can't do solo films, so we're not going to get a Planet Hulk film, which is probably for the best, though. We probably would have gotten live-action Beta Ray Bill uh, if they did it like the animated film. We could um, we could still maybe get a Hulk Spidey movie. Uh, I, I Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, oh, man. Uh, I'm coming for the big one, George. I tried to do my Fred Sanford impression. This is the big one, Elizabeth. Uh, it's a big one, Elizabeth. I'm coming to Georgia. There it is. George, do you think and want Quicksilver to be resurrected by the time of Inhumans? It comes after the Infinity War, and I think he would make, could be a great gateway character for the audience. They showed he could take a bullet when that cop accidentally hit him, and they cut to him when Cap said to walk it off. Regarding uh, if they were to get killed, that, they could use the gauntlet to bring him back, the cradle device they used to heal Hawkeye in the beginning of the film, or they could adapt Crystal meeting and healing him. What do you think? You want you want uh, Quicksilver in the Inhumans movie? I, I, I don't need it. Uh, I don't need it either. I, here's the thing. I mean, Quicks- you know how there's characters that are antisocial, but you still like them anyway, you know, and you still pull for them even though they're dicks? Uh, yep. there's, there's that type of character, and then there's just the ones who are just 100% dick. 
Unlike what John uh, John C. Riley says in, uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> that he doesn't believe anybody can be a hundred percent dick. I, I think the, one of the biggest dicks in the Marvel U for me that I like is Namor. Quicksilver is one hundred percent dick. He's a is he a bigger dick than uh, Namor? Yes, really. I mean, they're okay. both arrogant, but I mean, Quicksilver hardly ever does anything positive. He doesn't ever. Yeah. He's not the guy who pulls you aside and tries to brighten up your day at some point or so. Namor is capable of of acting like a normal person. I've seen it before, yeah. you know. And it's usually brought about by because you know the fact that he wants to to nail the Invisible Woman. I'm sorry for being crass, uh, Ashley. Um, she br- she brings that out of him. Um, but I could see this. I could I can see it two ways because number one, Quicksilver isn't that big of an entity. He was he was the easiest kill for Avengers two. I'm sorry for mm-hmm. those of you who didn't see Avengers two. Quicksilver died. Spoilers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you like uh, Quicksilver in Avengers two or X Men Days of Future Past better? Because I I think in uh, Future Past he had, that one scene is just awesome. He, he was. He was he was better handled in in uh, the X Men film, but the yeah. thing is, I think that you know on the Marvel side they knew he was he wasn't going to be permanent. That's why they yeah. didn't bother you know putting that much into him. Now, could I see him coming back for the Inhumans? I could because especially since you know we're getting the sense now that Marvel wants to supplant the X Men stuff with the with the Inhumans. I can mm-hmm. kind of see that. Um, I can see them, you know, trying to bring him in later on, and, you know, to try to further develop him. I, I could actually see that. I can also see them just not ever going back to him at all. If if he does get back, uh, get brought back, I don't think it'll be the Infinity Gauntlet. I think it'll be Wanda going crazy and her powers just going batshit. Yeah, I could see that. Do you think in humans movie we have a big giant dog? Lockjaw in it. I've mentioned it. We do. We got a talking yeah. raccoon. Why not? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I mean, DC would be ashamed of Lockjaw. And you would have uh, you would have uh, yeah. David S. Goyer. Uh, Why you can't use Lockjaw? What? I'm sorry, Bailey. No, DC movie would be ashamed of Lockjaw. Yeah. DC television would give him his own television series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd be a recurring character on the Flash, and, and Cisco would you know have dog biscuits ready for him. Lockjaw, the but series. The, but the movies would be horribly embarrassed by them. Something that Marvel doesn't have a thing about. Marvel's like, we're not going to be embarrassed by our shit. We're going to embrace it. We're going to hug right. it and then reach down and pat it on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, David S. Goyer at DC is like, well, we can't have a Martian Manhunter because that's silly and only virgins like him. Marvel's like, we got a talking raccoon with a gun. And we, and we just made $800 million off of it. <laughs> so so yeah, uh I I think Marvel will probably have um now I don't know if it, if it'll be CGI or if if it'll be some sort of new interpretation like we're getting with Doctor Strange and the Ancient One. Uh where suddenly the ancient where suddenly this Asian 500-year-old Asian mystic has been replaced by a white chick. Right? <laughs> you didn't hear about yeah, that actually? Oh you no. You know the no. Ancient One and Doctor Strange? Yeah. You know his 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 you know, yeah. mentor. You know who, the one that makes him sorcerer's Yeah. That's going to be played now by Tilda Swinton. Yeah, but but if it was any any other female actor, I, I I'd be like hesitant. But did you see Constantine where she was basically a dude? I did see Constantine where she was basically a dude. I doubt they're going to have her play a dude though. I mean, but my point is, very, is that she can. She's pull very off, creepy. I mean, they she may can have, pull off that type of thing. For all I know, cool. they may have hired her to play a five hundred year old Asian guy. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I, I think well, I think uh, Joel Gray died, so he can't yeah. do that again. But I mean, uh, the, the thing is, though, is that if, if she wa- she's a great actress, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but if she winds up playing a five hundred year old Asian guy, I I don't have a problem with me with seeing a, a scenario where I believe that she's that capable. Yeah, I'd be willing to make that sacrifice for her. But if that's Remember not the case, is, yeah. If that's not the case, if she actually winds up playing, you know, a white chick, um, then if I don't know if I'm an Asian, I feel like I got hit by friendly fire with a diversity gun. You know? <laughs> All right, let's uh, keep plowing through these. Ashley, the Russo brothers have expressed interest in adapting the romance between Black Widow and Bucky in future films, but do you think giving her another love interest in the MCU would open the door to more slut-shaming? In the comics, she's only been in a relationship with Hawkeye, Daredevil, Hercules, and Bucky. In the MCU, she doesn't even get to be with Banner. Obviously, it would be a double standard, given Bruce having been with Betty, but with even Jeremy Renner calling the character a whore, would they just be inviting even more similar remarks? Does anyone see, did everyone see that clip of Renner saying that? I, th- yeah. I think I missed it. Like I, I didn't see it. I heard I people responding to it, but I didn't see Did you see it, Bailey and JR? Let's see what? Did you see that that quote where uh, no, during I didn't the, see. the okay for those of you who don't know for oh yeah context, I know what you're talking about okay. that, um uh there, you know they do all these press junkets for these movies and you had a reporter talking to them uh, to Jeremy Renner and Christopher Evans uh, and then the black subject of the Black Widow came up and Renner was like yeah she's she's a she's I don't know if, I can't remember if he called her a slut or a whore. Both. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's also. And, and Evans got blamed for it, but Evans was kind of like nervous laughing. I think Evans was like, ah, yeah, okay. But, I mean, Renner was like, yeah, just throwing it out there. And I was like, I, I remember seeing that, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a thing now. This was ill-advised. This was a terrible thing to do, and it's going to become a thing, and, and sure enough, it did. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to butt in. Go, Ashley. No, 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 context was good. I mean, I don't even know exactly what happened, but... I don't know. The impression I got was like, it just felt like an offhanded remark. Just like, oh, ha ha. I don't really think it's something that bears any kind of criticism towards her character in the movies. But I didn't watch it, so I don't know exactly. As far as if they decide to adapt another romance, I think it would be interesting because most of the romance that we see on screen is generally focused on getting the girl, how do these two people hook up, and then it ends right there. We don't really see how does the relationship go, where, what are the, the highs and falls of the actual relationship, um, you know, what happens if, like in the comics, we're used to seeing people traveling between partners all the time, but you don't really, I think movie audiences aren't really used to, like familiar or even comfortable with that. You're used to one, like you, you have your, your breeding pair, and they stay together forever and happily ever after. <laughs> That's kind of all you get. Like your like, breeding <laughs> pair. Like, wow. Like Spidey dude. Uh, <laughs> He's our breeding pair. Okay. Off-handed remark for just your typical, your your couple, you know. Nice. But um, I, I think it would be an, intri- <laughs> an opportunity to explore that aspect of comics. I think it'd be interesting to see how that would be adapted to um to um to film and could actually could actually kind of test the waters for how to handle a lot of these um I guess the the convoluted nature of comics with how they'll constantly be weaving between um one state and the next uh it's a little hard yeah. to to articulate but just 
the way comics are. I think it could attacking the, the, the love interest and the romance and the relationships from that angle could kind of help open the door to similar instances with, you know, more comic book elements and yeah, oh yeah it'd be, it'd be interesting. I don't think, um, it would necessarily be slut shaming. What does everybody think of uh, black widow and banner? That's, that's, that's totally a, uh, a movie thing. It wasn't sexist in any way, shape, form, or you know, definition of the word. Well, I didn't say it was sexist. No, I'm no, just I'm saying, just saying because you know you had a lot of idiots that were. Because well, she's not capable of defending herself at every single given point. Well, well, I, I, I liked her uh, coming around from the first one where they had a, uh, a harsh relationship, mm-hmm. the first meeting in, in the helicarrier, and now they've come around and grown What together. were you saying, Bailey? Really? What were you going to say? Uh, you know, I, I kind of go to, you know, when, when these charges of sexism get leveled at anything, I kind of, you know, my wife's my barometer on these things because she's, she's kind of hardcore. Uh, and... She really, she said something about the relationship that kind of stuck with me. She's like, you know, Black Widow's a monster. Yeah. She knows what mm, it's like yeah. to have something within you that you're ashamed of that's destructive. So really, they're the best for each other. Mm-hmm. And, that's really good. You know, I... when when she was saying, you know, I'm a monster and then followed that with, I can't have children. That wasn't her saying, I feel like a monster because I can't have children. Right. That was her saying, I'm a monster, period. Oh, BTW. Mm-hmm. I can't have kids, so you can... Okay, I was about to say something really crude, and I, I, will, uh, I, I, will, I will avoid <laughs> that. But it, but it was basically like, look, we work as a couple. You know, and she... You know, the best thing about that relationship is it took what happened in the first film when she saw him change and just made it like, made it work like she saw him at his worst and she was still willing to accept him. I, but again, I loved Age of Ultron, so maybe. In the, uh, yeah. in the big defense I wrote of Whedon on our website uh, about that, um, I brought up those, those same points and the fact that, remember when the first movie she says she has red in her ledger? She she considers her past to be monstrous, mm-hmm. and, but at the same time she's she's not comfortable with thinking that she could ever have something beyond that. She got to a place where she was comfortable with being a monster. She was at peace with it, but she's now having all these other thoughts like I could actually be happy, and I'm not I'm not used to that. Now I think it would have worked better between Banner and. Uh, uh, and, and Natasha, if it had been from a friend standpoint of helping one another, because for me romantically they just they don't really work. I can see where it works in the movie, but I mean, you know, I just overall knowing the kid, the characters, I'm like, eh, you know, this would be yeah. this could be better done. But uh, anyway, there you go. Uh, let's see, we got one for Jr. Samuel L. Jackson, Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky. Each sign nine picture deals with Marvel. Do you think now that Marvel and Sony are playing nice, they'll likely do the same with whoever they get to play Spider-Man? If they get an 18-year-old kid to play Spidey in 10 years, he'll be the same age Garfield was when he was playing the role. Well, I think they'll try. But yeah. to be honest, um, I can't see any young up-and-comer uh, up wanting to commit to something like that. Um, 
uh, you know, I, I would think, you know, I would think they would want to just, you know, have their options available to them and, and not get locked down in a certain character. I mean, when you talk to about Samuel L. Jackson, for example, I mean, he's not going to be typecast as Nick Fury because he's always Samuel L. Jackson. You know, yes. so hell, you know, why not take the big paycheck? You know, he's not going to, he's not going to, you know, it's like if you cast Clint Eastwood as something, you know, I mean, he's always going to be Clint Eastwood. You know, he's, so Sam Jackson's <laughs> always going to be, and I, I can't say any, I don't know really how much about Sebastian Stan. I've only seen him in, in one other thing, and that was that dreadful uh, Lincoln Vampire Hunter movie. Uh, but, uh, but. <laughs> oh, was he Lincoln? No, 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 he was, he was, he was some weird ass vampire character. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I saw that movie. I didn't. I didn't put. Was he? Not, was he not did William Seward? No, 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 he wasn't. Uh, he he just was this odd character who uh, apparently you know came and advised Lincoln a time or two, and and then he shows up at like the very end and says something cryptic. I I really never understood the purpose of his character, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm upset like, that I didn't get more reaction to my uh, to my uh, William Seward reference. Does no one know history like I do? Yeah, he was the Secretary of State under Lincoln. In fact, he was. Uh, in fact, he was the target of assassination during that yeah, night but, as well. Yeah, but Jr., you don't count. You would live through that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you were there. It was that was contemporary for you at one point. Uh, uh, Michael Bailey, to quote uh, the episode uh, where both you and George return, Michael Bailey, goddamn, this calls for a song. Though I'll leave that to you if you're so inclined. No, now, I know you're a fan of the original Infinity Gauntlet series. Uh, how would you feel about seeing Loki take the role on that Mephisto originally had in the comic? That of Thanos' uh, witness and advisor with his own agenda. We know that Tom Hiddleston will be in an Infinity War, and although Marvel does have the Ghost Rider rights back, so maybe in ten years we'll see a One More Day movie. God help us all. I I, I would like Loki and uh, Thanos. What do you think, Mike? You know, I, I, I think it works. It, it, it's not like... Yeah. You know, I love Infinity Gauntlet. It's it's probably my favorite, yeah. and my dog does too. Um, <laughs> it, it's probably of the crossovers of Marvel that I've read. I think it's my favorite. Uh, the fact that it feels the most like a DC crossover probably has something to do with it. But I think from... More than Secret Wars, really? Uh, Secret Wars is a terrible story, Brad. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Now there's two of them. It's, it's, it's an <laughs> awful... Uh, it, it's, oh. it, it, was, it was slapped together. Uh, it, it, you know, I wouldn't put it on the level of, like, identity disc, but it's, it's kind of up there <laughs> in terms of George, wanting to cash... George. What? You're Such a goddamn blasphemy. monster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you're on your own, Brad, because I remember when we were, we were discussing the Secret oh, Wars and Jr. you know, talking about his his fringe views on it. Um, when that was happening, you were like, George, George, say something, protect me, protect me, and then I started to, and then you were like, well, jr has got a point. So because oh, of that, no, you, you can deal with all of this on your own. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I'm sorry. I, I recently I, I purchased the, the graphic audio version of the novel by Alex Irvine. And I got like into the second second part of it because there's like six different segments that are about an hour long each. And I got into the second one, and I'm like, I don't even care. I, I just I just don't. There there's no meat on that bone. Whereas with <laughs> Infinity, God. whereas Did they have any the, scenes it, where they all introduced each other. <laughs> Oh, did they do that scene? By the way, uh, kind of, yeah. It's it, did they? 
Yeah, 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 I'd love to hear that. That's funny. But, but here's the thing. It's just, you know, with Infinity Gauntlet, one, Starlin was setting it up, like, a year before in Silver Surfer and doing some really awesome stories yeah, there. he was. And the artwork was great, and just from beginning to end, it was just, it was just, it's a solid story. And, you know, Mephisto hasn't been introduced into the MCU. The fact that Spider-Man's now going to be in that universe, I think we're all happy that Mephisto will be as far away from Spider-Man as humanly possible. So, but Loki makes more sense. I mean, when you yeah. look at the spoilers for people who haven't seen these movies, but when you look at the fact that Loki is now pretending to be Odin, okay, how do you think Thanos got into that, you know, room at the end of he Avengers. wasn't. He wasn't in that room. Uh, I think it was Feige who later said that uh, the room where he goes that that's a different Infinity Gauntlet that he gets, and that he wasn't in Asgard. Thanos was ultimately responsible for the warriors that fought the Avengers in the first Avengers film. So Loki's set up in this role already. So it just. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it makes sense. Uh, Bailey, are you still there? Yeah. I th- what the- okay, there you are. Well, I thought we lost you for a second. All right, let's keep plowing through these questions. We're already um, hour seventeen. We've got a. You wanted this to take three hours, right, Brad? I did not. <laughs> We're there. Uh, Hor- Hornacek uh, from Canada. Welcome back. I hope the theme for Welcome Back, Connor, is the opening music for the podcast. One question for everyone, 148, the special guest. That would be Bailey. To everyone, as a longtime comic book collector, every few years I ask myself, how much longer will I keep buying comics? With Secret Wars, part of me is thinking, if I ever... If I'm ever going to stop, this is an opportune time to do it because everything is ending before it restarts, so I won't feel as if I'm missing out on the ending of an ongoing story. Do you think that there's potential for long-time readers using this opportunity to stop buying comics? And if so, is it negligible compared to how much the new books will probably sell? This I, I've uh, We haven't done this show in a couple months, and, and uh, I haven't disclosed this, but I have spent the least amount on comic books in the last couple months than I ever have. By doing all these Secret Wars, uh, I I essentially equate them to what-if issues. I have no interest in buying Inferno again, or Extinction Agenda, or Infinity Gauntlet, which is really just a Nova Nova kid Nova book. Or Spider Island. (sighs) Well, I did buy that. I I, I did buy that one reluctantly. You masochistic bastard. I know, but Spider-Girl's in the back of it, you know. But anyway, I've literally cut my order form in half uh, for these. And they're all number ones. They're all what-ifs, in my opinion. And I just don't really... I've cut back. Um, Are you guys ordering less because of Secret Wars also? Or what's your opinion? I feel like... Since Spider Verse, I've only really been buying comics just for this podcast, just to review them. <laughs> if I were, if I, if it were up to me, and if I was, was just solely being fueled by my own uh, interest to, to read it, yeah, yeah. It, it fizzled out long ago. And that's, honestly, that's with this, that because actually they're doing all this to try to cater to people like you, mm-hmm. the new new reader. So yeah. it's interesting to get your take on that because the very person they're trying to pander to, we're just hearing from them, and the, and that person is yawning. <laughs> pretty much That's pretty true. much yeah. yeah and with all the yeah. secret wars going on it's like I'm just I got the first two issues and then I decided like I'm not even touching that just, I, oh that number one was a hot much. mess 
Oh, I haven't I haven't read either one. At, oh yeah, God, it's a I'm hot, confusing mess. Did you read it, Jr.? Uh, no, I haven't. I I am just pretty well ignoring it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I there's I mean, there's nothing that I didn't that appeals to me. I mean, there just really isn't. Uh, you, know. you see all these characters dying, and you're supposed to have some sort of, a, of, of an emotional reaction to it. I can tell that's what Hickman wants you to have, you know, when I'm reading the story. But then, but it, that's not what happens to me. What happens to me is I just kind of shrug. Right. Uh, Michael, how do you feel about the new Supergirl show being set in the same universe as the Arrow and the Flash shows? And how many crossovers and guest appearances do you want it to have with other shows as compared to how many of the Flash had in its first season? Um... They've gone back and forth on this, but every all, all signs are now pointing to the fact that CBS is like, look, we just want this to be our show for right now. Uh, yeah. Even though Greg Berlanti is producing all of the shows. And I think really that's kind of a smart move at this point, because I'd really like to see... I am so looking forward to the Supergirl series. I am. So I like that trailer. Oh, oh looking forward. I, I may or may not have already seen the pilot. Uh, I, I, I may have and may have, so, um, and, and it was, it, it was just, it, I, I had so many, I mean, it, it, it's fast paced and I'm not going to reveal anything from it. Uh, it, it, it has very similar structure to the flash, which isn't a bad thing because I freaking love the flash. So, uh, the fact that we're getting this. I think right now, if they want to keep it its own little thing and then open up the door maybe in a season or two to having a crossover, that'd be fine. Um, I'm good either way. I really am. I, 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 think, I think they have a great opportunity at this point. DC Television has managed to be the one area where I look at DC and smile still. Uh, that's... I was talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day, Alex Jr. I was talking to Alex. Oh, and, oh how's uh, he doing? Oh, he's 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 doing good. He's all different now. He's all into yoga and weird shit. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but uh, I was talking to him, and we were talking about DC. And and when that god awful Joker picture came out, I don't know if everyone's seen this. I know <laughs> yeah. Bailey has oh, the yeah. tatted go- Joker. Yeah, where, 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 where this Joker fell into a vat of hot topic. I think yeah. somebody said. <laughs> 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 or, or as I call it, the trying too hard Joker. Oh, uh, wow. When that picture came out, you know, and I, I, that event, you know, that I said on our boards and I said it on Facebook, I was like, "This is the day that the DC Cinematic Universe died for me." This is, in many ways, my favorite DC character is a hero is Batman, but my favorite comic villain of either Marvel or DC is the Joker, and it always has been. Um, so when I saw that, I was like, "This tells me I don't need to bother anymore." This tells me that the direction they're going for everything is this is this you know grim darkenized version of everything, and I'm like, you you totally missed the point of of these characters. And don't get me wrong, I mean the Joker should be dark. He does, he shouldn't look like he like he's a member of House of Pain. So um, <laughs> so you know when when that came out, you know Alex and I were talking. Uh, this is a guy I used to do Hero Room with uh, Brad, and. Um, I told him, I said, it's weird for me right now because I look at Marvel and everything Marvel is doing on screen, movie-wise and TV-wise, is just bananas. Everything is just going through the roof right now. And I said, but when I look at DC, the only energy and the only momentum I see is on the TV side. I said, their TV people are running rings around their movie people. And 
and I think what I think what I've what I've pinned it down on, at least for me, and this is just from my point of view, DC lacks a unifying one-person decider. There's not one person calling the shot. They don't have a Kevin Feige. And so it's more by rule of committee. You know, well, Jeff Johns is going to decide on this, or David F. Goyer is going to decide on that, or Nolan's going to decide on You know what I mean? It's all over the place. Um, and it feels disjointed. But the TV stuff is so satisfying right now. I don't even like Green Arrow, and I'm starting to watch Green Arrow on Netflix now. I am too. I'm like five episodes in. I've never liked the digging character. It. Ever. Yeah. I've liked Black Canary, but I've never liked Green Arrow. And now I'm yeah. I'm watching his show because of, of of how good Flash is. Yeah, Spencer's looking forward to Supergirl as well, and, which kind of surprised me because I think they're going to put it up against the Gotham. I think when it, when it debuts, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to watch that instead of Gotham." And it's like, you know, is, yeah. are, is that the hormones talking? You know, you're 13, almost 14, or is <laughs> or is it or does it look that good? Because I haven't seen. I saw the trailer and was underwhelmed, but you know that doesn't mean anything really. So. Here's the thing about Gotham. Uh, I watched the first three episodes and completely lost interest. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I have heard about it. I think this second season is going to tank, and I think it's going to tank freaking hard. I, oh. I think they're going to come back, and they're going to do something stupid. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but they're going to do something stupid. So by November, when Supergirl comes on, it's going to bury Gotham. I'm re- this is I being would, recorded, so I can be proven wrong. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe Bailey, what they're going to do is they're going to have uh, Gotham season two. Suddenly, at one point, they're going to flash forward 17, 18 years. And call it the Batman <laughs> show. <laughs> call it the Batman show. <laughs> By the way, I'm not up on my uh, Batman history of Fish Mooney. Is that a character created no, just for Gotham? that's yet? just for Gotham. Because, Good, because, because she's awful. Because because even, even like, you know, the Ten-Eyed Man is like the, you know, like, like freaking Citizen Kane compared to a oh, character man. named Fish Mooney. Yeah, that was Gotham, bad. Gotham does have some strong points. They did. They brought uh, Marina Bacher in as Leslie Tompkins, and yeah. she was a much needed breath of fresh air for that show. Um, but they, there's some stuff they have so juggled and botched, like Barbara Go- or I guess what's supposed to be Barbara Gordon at some point, but now she's what Barbara Keene. Uh, she's, I mean, just they, they don't know what. That's a hot mess. I I don't know how they can recover that character. Oh, God. Uh, on that, that show, no one can like her. Anyway, JVL1031, uh, what did you all think about Avengers Age of Ultron? I think we all liked it. Let's go around the horn for grades on that one. Uh, Ashley, what would you give that one, the movie, for a grade? Um, maybe just A-, minus, B plus in that area. Better or, or not as good as the first one? I think I like the first one more. There's some elements that I think were better... Some that were worse. It's um. I think the first one was more cohesive, though. It worked well, better the first as a one whole. Was, first one was also more original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jr. Grade for Avengers two. Oh, you know what? I, I I'm going to be the, you know, the divergent opinion. I was bored by it. I'm and, shocked. Oh, really? and, and I'm I, shocked I, that Jr. hates something. And I really, no, I really liked the first one. The first one was like, you know, watching, the, you know, like seeing the band get together or whatever. And, you know, yeah. it had a big, a great fight at the end. I mean, they were, you know, space aliens were invading New York and stuff. And that just didn't care about anything that was going on in, in Age of Ultron. So other than like James Spader's take on Ultron, that was kind of cool. But, uh, 
No, I'd C C minus. I really didn't care Ooh, for it. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, George. A plus. Uh, nice. The moment where I saw uh, Vision come to life, I got Fanwood. <laughs> and uh, the the moment where uh, I saw uh, Vision rescue Wanda from falling to death, uh, I had a geek gasm. Uh, be- so better than the first one, in your opinion? Right? Uh, no, because I I would have rated the first one as okay. an A plus. I think it's every bit as good as uh, as the first one. I think the I think still right now the the two best films that Marvel has done have been Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Captain America two. Um, but uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I they're all great movies. I mean, Marvel's got many A pluses for me. Uh, but uh, no. Um, there was, a, so, there was something else I was going to say. I, I don't remember. I was going to bring. I don't remember now. Go ahead. Oh no! I just I loved Wanda. I thought they did a really good job with Wanda. Yeah, Michael, uh, A plus as well. Um, you know, walking out, I said I enjoyed it more than the first one. I think I enjoyed it in just a very different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it had everything I wanted in it. I was not disappointed by any of the elements. And my God, the vision was just freaking amazing throughout. You know, when when he uh, spoilers for those who haven't seen the film, I have not seen an audience react to something on screen more than him handing the hammer to Thor. Yeah, the entire Thor, audience yeah, yeah. lit up like there was an audible yeah. gasp in, in the theater. Like they yeah. set that up so well. That That's true. When he handed it to him, I was just like, that "Vision's a badass." <laughs> Everything about the Vision was so goddamn perfect, except for the sides of his head. Oh. <laughs> that design where you can see like part of his scalp through the through the costume—that's whack. That needs to that needs to change yeah. before the next movie. I, I'll give it an A minus. I liked it just a little less than the first one, but I still enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I'm surprised you guys haven't talked about the Iron Man Hulk fight. Oh my God! That's that was my geek. What as you called it, George? Uh, I love the go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. God, I love that scene. Uh, and, and during that fight, I, I, I've told several audience interactions, like like Michael has. I remember the Spider-Man Three, where Toby smacked Kirsten Dunst, and the guy in the back goes, "Damn, Spider-Man smacked the bitch." Uh, I had uh, went with a few buddies of mine from work, and we we saw it. And uh, in front of us was a dad. And beside the dad was his nine-year-old son. And, boy, the nine-year-old kid was into it, man. He was just loving it. He was like, whoa. And, and several several moments during the movie, uh, dad was like, shh, you got to be quiet. And the kid's just like, yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then during the Hulk-Iron Man fight, the little nine-year-old kid goes, oh, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and the dad is just looking at him like, oh, my God. And the, the whole row, all my buddies, were keeled over laughing in hysterics as the little nine-year-old. We were like, that little kid just say, oh, shit. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Because that fight deserved an oh, shit. And a nine-year-old could tell. What did, uh, Mike did what asked him Mike the remake did, of the Bad News Bears. I mean, seriously. <laughs> what did everybody think of, uh, of uh, Ultron, of James Spader? Oh, loved it. Loved it. It wasn't what I was expecting, but yeah, it was good. I wasn't expecting as much humor as we got. Mm-hmm. He was the, He's the evil Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, Mike, what did you think of that Hulk Iron Man fight? Uh, I loved it. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I am always down to see Iron Man and, and the Hulk kind of kind of throw down. I, I like the fact that there's a, a slight little Archie reference 
There is. Yeah, Veronica. They named the armor Veronica, who is the Hulk's first love. Betty, yeah. There you go. Oh, my gosh. I did not get that at all. No, I, wow. I, I was, I, I, I think, I think it's, this was, uh, you know, for this film, it was what the, the fight between Cap, Iron Man, and Thor was in the first film. It was the, the, the obligatory hero fighting hero sequence. Uh, they, they earned it, though, uh, with, yeah. with, with having it be the Hulk's on a rampage because of the Scarlet Witch. And that scene, it broke my freaking heart at the end of that scene when he comes yes. out of it and yeah. sees the destruction. And you can see, like, this is a Hulk that feels bad about what just happened. Like, exactly. and, and, and when, when he said he hears the monster, you know, they all saw the monster, I was just like, it broke my freaking heart. It really did. And that, that goes to just show you how good CG has come. Because can you imagine the Ang Lee Hulk in the middle? You can't, the Shrek-looking Hulk, you can't imagine that Hulk showing emotion like the one. No, not at all. Too, yeah, at I, all. Loved, I loved it at the end. It wasn't Banner, or I guess technically it is since it's both Banner. But it wasn't uh, it wasn't Banner that decided to uh, to leave uh, because of the danger he posed. It was the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, and him. I I, I interpreted it when I saw it of uh, the Hulk get, uh, subduing a little bit to Banner, where he got a little bit more intelligent that he could actually turn off a computer monitor. Yeah, and so I, I just loved I loved all the Hulk. More Hulk, please. It's like cowbell. Uh, serial lover, Santa Ana, California. Welcome back, guys, to George and JR. George, besides Secret Wars, the 1980s one, are there any other things that JR dislikes? Apparently, goddamn everything. <laughs> that dislikes, that shocks you. I find George and JR going at it absolutely hysterical, and they put a goblin icon and a Stegron icon at the end of that sentence. Very uh, nice. well, it's like uh, Math Allen Lemon and Grumpy Old Man. It right? is. We, we are very <laughs> Math Allen Lemon. Morning, morning dickhead. <laughs> hey, putts. <laughs> that was the greatest opening line of a film I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I love Grumpy Old um, Man. They're, no, I, I there's stuff that... Uh, I guess, I guess back in the early days when Jr. and I were friends, there was so much that we, <laughs> that we agreed on. I'm, I'm like looking back on it's like an E. True Hollywood story or something, you know. It's like, you know, but J., people don't realize Jr. and I go back for 15 years. Yeah. Wow. So, but I think early on because I had such a because I mean we've been friends for 15 years, but I mean sure he's you know he's 20 30 years older than I am. Um, and you know, but so I've always looked up to up to him, almost like a mentor. Like I've I've called him that many times. I've called him Spider Yoda, and so I think early on there was that sort of idolatry thing I had. I was I was looking at him like 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 a mentor, like an idol, and and I, I was I was subscri- subscribing things, or I guess uh, ascribing is the better better term to use, ascribing things to him that weren't actually there. I was I was projecting things onto him that weren't actually there, and he's uh, so now. I mean, what I I mean, we're still good friends. But what I found out is not he's not as cool as I thought he was, <laughs> um, and he's wrong on on a lot of things. And um, but I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that I think Jr. and I would both agree that we like, like the hobgoblin stuff in the eighties. Jr., you like that? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, you know, George, George is sounding like my kid, you know. I mean, he starts out, you know, he starts out, you know, five or six years old. Dad's pretty cool. Dad's pretty cool. And then he gets to be a teenager or whatever. And it's like, Dad's an asshole. I don't I can't stand <laughs> this old guy. You well, know? You, you remember during that infamous uh, Secret Wars episode. And, Bailey, if you if you didn't hear that one, you should go back and hear that one. Uh, where JR. I, I heard that one. Oh, my God. Uh, if you recall during that, when when this when it was all fresh and, and raw, uh, <laughs> happening real time, uh, my exact words were, "You were like a father to me." Jr. <laughs> uh, would you like a rebuttal? Well, I was about to say. I mean, you know, my own kids hate me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. So when George says, "Oh, I looked up to you like a father, and now I hate you," it's like, "Eh, what? Well, okay, right. You're the third one. You know, get yeah. in line." <laughs> like, line Here's your cookie. <laughs> oh man, Funny K from Scotland. Uh, in lieu of Brad's recent hiatus and return, uh, what's the longest time you've spent away from comics since you became a fan? Um, you know, we're and uh, we record a bunch of these podcasts uh, on one night, essentially, and um, uh, we're going to be doing a fight uh, of Amazing Spider-Man 254. And when I read that in anticipation of recording uh, coming up, uh, the longest I've ever gone without reading Amazing Spider-Man was from issue 251 to 254, mainly because I couldn't find the first two issues of the black costume. And and it's just unheard of me now to go two months without reading Amazing Spider-Man. That was a sheer fact of I could not find it on the spinner rack when I was like nine or ten. But uh, but I've consistently bought comic books for thirty plus years. There's never been a time uh, that I, I ever quit. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a faithful drug addict of comic books. <laughs> uh, Jr., you said there was a time in college. I remember. Yeah, that you you quit. It's, it's funny, particularly uh, uh, you know, particularly what I'm about to say now, given George's rather uh, ill-conceived evisceration of me earlier. But uh, <laughs> it wasn't uh, an evisceration, just an honest examination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in some parallel alternate universe, perhaps. But anyway, um, issue yeah, issue two sixty two is when I kind of gave up because I was frustrated with a lot of things. But I mean, if if you count burn stealing, I never really um, never really gave up. I mean, I just you know kind of followed through. But I never started buying regularly monthly again until around the year two thousand or so. When you know, I, I'd, been, I'd been doing my my site for a while, you know, um, and uh, but I wasn't really buying a whole lot of new stuff. I was going back and reflecting on old stuff because uh, for various reasons. I mean, there were very specific reasons I actually started doing the site, uh, and uh, it didn't have anything to do with the new stuff. But then, you know, I'm minding my own damn business, and then I get this email. You know, and this email says, you know, oh, hey, you know, I read your stuff and I think you're really cool and shit. And, oh, by the way, hey, me and a buddy are working on a website and we want you to join us. And I'm thinking, hey, yeah, right, okay. Right. I sounds, guess like a, sounds like a naive prick. <laughs> <laughs> either, either, either that or, you know, 
he was just completely drunk out of his mind or something, which, you know. But uh, so I said, yeah, I got nothing else to do. I'll sign on with this this place. And, uh, well, that was Hero Realm, and the emailer was George Barrowman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and that's when I started buying monthly again because I had to keep up with all his anti-Mackie rants. You know, it was almost like, well, i got to see what Mackie's done this month to justify George's latest rage. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, you talk about uh, introducing. Uh, I mean, we were talking about Spidey Dudes, baby. Uh, back in two thousand and one, George announced the birth of Spencer on uh, Hero Realm's front page. So that's yeah. uh, oh, nice! <laughs> wow, yeah, it's just a shame now that uh, we utterly despise each other at this moment. Holy anyway, shit, Spencer's fifteen now. He, he'll be fourteen. Oh, okay. I was about to say, Jesus Christ, what? Now he he's almost fourteen, but yeah, wow. I mean it was. Yeah, I, I think I printed it off. I still have that front page or whatever. But yeah, George Aww. announced Spencer's birth ages ago. Is there a third baby on the way, Jr. That uh, I can uh, announce uh, on my front page? Uh, 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 <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh my God! I don't even know where to go with that one because I don't know whether I should make a comment about the fact that my wife is fifty years old now and that it would be some kind of gene- it'd have to be some kind of genetic mutation or the fact that she's already a third child and I don't need another uh, oh. or. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, I thought you'd had your. I thought you'd already had your Tic Tacs tied. <laughs> no, they just withered away from disuse. That's what happens when you get. Oh my! Oh my! Oh, okay. We're plowing along. Plowing along. He also has a question about after taking a break from Spider Man. Do you feel compelled to read any uh, runs after a long hiatus? Anybody got an answer for that one? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Aziz, uh, location virtual reality of Doom to the whole cast. Uh, in this order, J.R. Osborne, Guardian of the Barrowman, Boss Douglas, Ashley Cat, and the rest. Give us pros to Chapter 1. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it. Wow. Can't do it. I thought um, about it. Can't do it. It yeah. had good coloring. At the uh, at the risk of being crash and crass and commercial, um, pay attention to views at the end of June. There, really? there might be a two-part Chapter 1 episode coming. Ooh. And I like John Byrne's art, at least in the 80s. But that that art was not... It, it, it's it, it, what we're talking about with uh, John Romeo Jr. It's just not what we recognize. Uh, uh, um, actually, the art is the thing that me and my buddy Andy, who, were, who was on the episodes with me, uh, that was the only thing we consistently... Uh, you bro- Cut off. It's the only thing it consistently what? Gave high marks to was the art. Oh, really? I, I, I wasn't a fan of yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I think there are some... I mean, some of it is late 90s burn when he was, like, you know, like, doing really loose pencils and then inking, uh, inking over that, and it didn't look as good. But mm-hmm. there are some shots that are just freaking gorgeous of, of spider <clears throat> I thought yeah. your friend was the irresistible sugar or something. I mean, it's, uh, well, you know, um, <laughs> not sugar. Shag's all busy with the Fire and Water Shh. podcast, so uh, and he's got all that going on. But you know, my 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 buddy Andy is as, as I. It's kind of a joke, but it's kind of true. He is my permanent semi-regular co-host, as there you opposed go. to just being a semi-regular co-host. Well, you, would you, would you also has a question. Oh, Hank, I'm sorry, Brad. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to tell Bailey. Will you tell Shag that I, I said hello and 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 I and, and I miss him? Yes, I miss I miss talking to him. He's, I have a man crush on Shag. I saw this question on CBR as he's wrote: uh, Are Peter's love interest shallow characters doing uh, due to being drawn attractive? No, 
I can't figure this one out. Is it saying that they're shallow because they're drawn attractive, or is they're... I can't figure this question out. The only way I see it is I get this knee-jerk reaction to just be like, WTF, who's what? asking this? No. <laughs> what, what makes shallow characters is, is, is writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can be purposely written shallow, or they can be, you know, accidentally written shallow. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's, you know, it's not. It has nothing to do with how they're drawn. Yeah. The answer Webs. to the question is the fact the question was asked on CBR. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, who gives a shit? I mean, seriously. Web, <laughs> Web Century. I haven't seen your icon in months, and I'm <laughs> sad that I'm seeing it again. But that's you don't forget his icon. There's a uh, for you. Yeah, no doubt. He's, he's uh, uh, coming from England. To George and Ashley, to uh, you both also being Doctor Strange fans like myself, here's another Doctor Strange question. Uh, like I give nearly every month, mm. what do you think of Clea and her importance? Clea! And a, for <laughs> F's sake, Brad. Clea. Clea. There, there's no pronouncers in these. Like, there doesn't need to yeah, be. Yeah, but, but it's, there's an A at the end of the fucking name. Jesus. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drop the F bomb, but it's just like seriously. I have real, whoa, we got a snort at Ashley. I've got I've got two snorts. Uh uh uh. And I've got an F bomb. Uh and three I think that last one was from JR. Well now the the thing is I was I was thinking of actually defending Brad because no. I would say I would say it's actually like B Arthur, you know, her name was B E A and so he was just assuming that it was Go F yourself, Douglas. <laughs> oh, even JR's jumping off the damn boat. Oh my god. Alright. Clea and her importance oh, <laughs> Mythos or Mythos. What do you like? Alright. What the hell? <laughs> I'll go first while Ashley can Yeah, Ashley needs to breathe. <laughs> uh, no, Clea, Clea is actually very important for Doctor Strange and the Doctor Strange mythos, not mythos, Brad. Um, yes, Clea's an important character for the mythos. Um, no, I got a bad case of Clea's for my dog. You got a bad case of gotten beat with a stupid stick, Brad. Uh, no, Clea. Hey, Doc, my dog's got a bad case of Clea's. Clea is a, is a very important character because she is the first character that he takes on as a student. Um, eventually, because she was also quite attractive, he there a relationship kind of you know you know like every now and then you you, you hear the old trope of a, of a professor falling in love with one of his students. Well, that kind of happens along the way, but it, it's fine because she comes into her own power on her own time in her own right and becomes extremely powerful back fighting against her uncle, the Dread Door Mamu, in her home dimension. So she's actually a very important character overall, and uh, which means that apparently, uh, as far as I know now, she'll be cast with John Leguizamo uh, in, the, in the upcoming Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, have you recovered? Can you, do you want to talk about Clea? That was like five snorts out of you, kid. That was great. That was great. Oh, man, that was my ab workout for the night. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> in an unintentional workout. Actually. Don't think Brad. Think Bailey. My God, Bailey's reaction. Yeah, Bailey the That's F-bomb right at me. <laughs> Dead set in between the eyes. Like my God. Mom Bailey. <laughs> well, Clay, has, Clay has always been a point of frustration for me. Just 
from her design because I'm such I love Doctor Strange when I first got into it I'm like I want a character I can cosplay to show my devotion and I look at Clea and then I see her hair and I just I get mad so, so that hair but um so you you place more character importance on the ability to cosplay them instead of good writing well clearly <laughs> since she's so attractive it must mean she's a shallow character <laughs> no 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 that was <laughs> Look, she came back around. For what the I'm getting is that Ashley hates that. strongly written female characters, which is surprising to me. It's because it's <laughs> internalized misogyny. No, um, I'm not going there. But no, no, I do like Clea. That was just my initial knee-jerk reaction to the character, just this frustration. Like, what, like I like you, but your hair is retarded. Just wow. Anyone look up what so the horns? I'm like, what the heck? She has like hair horns. Anyway, who designed Clea? She comes Clea. from a different dimension. <laughs> that doesn't. She's not going to. She's not going to be clued into Earth hairstyles. Is Clea a, a Ditko design? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But past that, I do really like. I read. I remember, like the very first issues that she appeared in. Just she's a she's. Uh, she kind of acts as his, as Doctor Strange's guide and partner during this one part when he's trapped in um. It's one dimension. Yeah, yeah, the dark dimension. And um oh there's just this great you know she was a good partner to him. She could keep up with him, she was, you know, helping him and it's always nice to have that kind of support character. And um, you know, I was yeah, I mean they she the two of them got married at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I haven't I haven't read all of the stuff that she's in, so like I really have just a brief cursory introduction to her character. But um, from what I've seen, yeah, I, I really do like it. Um, I wish I could have seen more of her. I know I have that Doctor Strange movie, the animated one from 2007, and it kind of teased at her, you know, at the very end. They're like, oh, you're going to have a new student. Her name is Clea. Clea. And, um, God, now it's, now it's hit Ash. It's contagious. <laughs> Everybody say it with me. Clea. Oh. Uh. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So sorry. All right, uh, Brad, of all the alternate reality Spider-Men you have read before Spider-Verse made them all soulless, what is your favorite and least favorite alternate reality Spider-Man? 29, I love. Um, The least favorite, uh, I like Peter Porker a lot too, just for the funny factor. Uh, Mainly because I collected his Star comic back in the day too. I love Peter Porker. Uh, yeah, I do too. Least favorite, I guess, the Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, not uh, not Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the cartoon Ultimate Spider-Man. The TV show. I love. Yeah, the TV show. I love Miles, too. Um, but I don't know. Is is do I like Miles more than Twenty Nine Nine? I don't know. That's almost a tie. But the least favorite, I, I don't like the wisecrack, and as George says, the chibi Spider-Man. I, I, of all the ones that were in that mini or in that arc, I just disliked him the most. Yeah. Bailey, I give you. Uh, I get, gave. Whoa! I gave this question to Brett and Jair, where Brett announced he was married to the Riddler. <laughs> so, I'll, so I'll give it to you. What Marvel super villain would your wife be, regardless of gender? You know, I, I was I was really thinking about this because yeah. you know my wife, in addition to being uh, one of the kindest, uh, most. I mean, she's got the biggest heart of anybody I know, but she also has a vindictive streak and can hold a grudge on a biblical level. Um, And she will cut you down 
Uh, and I was trying to think of somebody who, if it's, it's a villain, and I was going to stick with a woman, uh, just because oh. I don't want to think about, like, you know, shacking up with Do- Dr. Doom. This is like some weird slash fic that doesn't really need to happen. Now, By your description, I'm not out of can of WD-40. You'd... <laughs> By your description, with, with all the, the things that you said there, I went Magneto right away. I went Electra. But... I think he's going to say Electra. Okay. Uh, Diamondback. Wow. Even better. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Um, kind of a villain, kind of not. Hooked up with Captain America. Yeah. Uh, she did. I, I, I just think, you know, just given that, you know, the way, especially the way Gruenwald handled her, uh, I, yeah. I just think that she, that, that that kind of personality is somebody who goes after what they believe in, and that can kind of shift. And I always really, I really liked that. It was like the post-John Walker as Cap era before yeah. that, before Gruenwald's run, God Rest His Soul, went to crap uh, after about 400, where I really liked their relationship. So So what you're saying is is that uh, you also feel on some level at least a a little like Captain America, which is really you saying that you want to lift Thor's hammer. (laughs) It moved a little bit in the movie. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. When Cap lifted it. Uh, Michael Bailey, another question. He goes, Michael, goddamn. <laughs> when you're on the show, that's what we hear. With all the talk and debate the past few years about a black Peter Parker in the movies, could or should they do a black Clark Kent Superman in a Superman movie? All right. I want every website in the world to start getting ready to call me a racist because that's apparently what happens. <laughs> yep. Um, that's what happens. Easy, no. because this thing follows you, Bailey. Uh, no, no. Because... I People just uh, anyway. Go ahead. You never you never hear that. To, I, at least I haven't. Well, have no, you, and I, I pointed this out on I think uh, either on Facebook or our board recently. I was like, how come this this great moral or you know pressing moral need to to you know uh, racially change Spider Man doesn't apply to Superman or Batman? It's it just never does Spider Man. I think it's the everyman is what it well, is. Let, 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 let Bailey. One, once, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just drop off the line? <laughs> no, it's his question. No, no, I just heard somebody drop uh, off the phone. Bailey, are you there? Yeah, he said, screw it. We're, I'm not answering this one. <laughs> he's like, F it, I'm out. F it, I'm out. Oh, man. I, <laughs> Actually, I think he did drop off. I, I'm getting the... He, he did. The he did. or something on his picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Getting a little connection. Uh... Bailey's like, I am done. Let me reconnect him. <laughs> but, you know, to make the point, until we get Bailey back, you, one's an alien, one's a, a billionaire. Spider-Man is the everyman hero, and that's why everybody... Alien, alien can't be black? And why does it always have to be black? That's true. That is true. How come I, no one's saying, how come Spider-Man can't be like a Latino kid? I think what it is, is there's that all that kerfuffle, like, back when they were first um, they, doing the, the first reboot for Amazing Spider-Man, that movie, and there was the... The rumors that, oh, Donald Glover wants to be Spider-Man. And so that's where they started, you know, really sticking into that, like, oh, why can't Peter Parker be black? Because they were so fixated on Donald Glover. Bailey said his wireless just died. He's rebooting his computer now. Okay, so so like if Idris Elba had said, fuck it, I want to play uh, Superman. Then, Then, yeah, then then they would have... Well, how come Idris Elba can't be Superman? have someone to champion... Okay. Without that, then I don't know. They can't be asked to actually look up someone that they'd want to do it. 
Yeah, I like your I like your explanation. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be better than Bailey's uh, whenever he gets back. So, oh, <laughs> mention Idris Elba in this conversation because he's been mentioned as like the next James Bond. And... That's exactly why I brought him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay, are your two cents on the black Clark Kent? Well, I tell you, I she's yeah. without wading into this debate. I honestly yeah. think that you are telling an entirely different story. If you make Superman black at this point in time, maybe in a hundred years it won't matter. But if you have Superman come into Earth and he's black, and there's a white Lex Luthor who hates him, <laughs> you're you're telling it. You know, now if you make Lex black, it's a different story. But oh, you're man. just telling an entirely different story. You're not telling a Superman hero story. So I I don't I see. I can see where people would argue that Superman has to be white because that's that's how he fits in with the Midwest. You know. Kansas culture, and I'm like, you know, I, I can see people trying to say that, but at the same time, I'm like, really? Because Spider-Man was from Queens, and in the 60s, Queens was a white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I keep looking at the thing, and it keeps saying call failed for Bailey. I keep... I know. I, I keep wanting to get him back. Uh, the one time we talked Superman this show. I know. Like, we don't have that movie Superman the, up in the there, The prominent yeah. uh, Superman expert. Well, we can move on to the other yeah. questions. We'll just come back to this one. Okay, that's a really I, that's a really really interesting question. By the it way, it is. Uh, Jr. Whenever the topic of killing off a supporting cast and villains comes up, you always take the view that you don't like it because they never they're never replaced. But surely, if you just replace the character or villain, it cheapens the loss because there will someday somebody to replace them and doesn't allow the replacement to be their own character. Well, I'm not sure. Oh wait, it says Michael Bailey's online. Oh, okay, we got him. On. Yeah. Go, go ahead and answer that question. We'll get Bailey on the line. Right. I'll, I'll, you know, I, I don't think um, uh, uh, web Sentry that you quite are. You're sort of missing the point of my question. Um, first of all, I'm, what I'm really saying is these characters shouldn't be killed off. Period. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Doctor Octopus. What? What? Why? Why would okay. you kill off one of the greatest comic book villains ever? You know, just because you wanted to show some other guy to be so badass, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely stupid. But but what I'm saying, too, though, is like, when example, you killed off... One of the things about Spider-Man was he had a very deep, rich, supporting cast. And then people, because they wanted to shake things up or wanted to do something or make a statement, started killing all these supporting characters off. So, mm-hmm. you know, you kill off Harry, so now Spider-Man and Peter doesn't have a close friend. You know, because they never really used Flash properly. And then they kill off Gene DeWolf, so now he doesn't have a friend in the police force. You know, um, just it's, that, it's yeah. that kind of nonsense. You're not killing off characters. I mean, the only one that made sense in a way was was Gwen Stacy, to be honest. And, and Norman, really, if we want to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, no, yeah. killing off Norman at that time made more sense than killing off Doc Ock ever. Really. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just and, and Norman's death at that time was basically it was retribution for the death of Gwen. I mean, that was Peter couldn't kill him, so in a way, it was kind of the cheap way out. You know, it was like, oh, well, we won't have Spider-Man kill him, but you know, we'll have him, you know, his glider hit him. But uh, now, it, it's not just that they're not replaced because I want to see these characters replaced. Is that a lot of times these characters are irreplaceable, and the function they serve is irreplaceable, and. You can't replace him, and because killing him off in the first place is just plain stupid. Yeah. Anyway, I agree. Bailey, welcome back. Uh, I, I really want to hear your your thoughts on a black Clark Kent slash Superman. I I don't like it, um, mm-hmm. and 
mainly it comes from the fact that I believe that some characters, you know, are what they were established. And, you know, I'm, 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 it, this is a hard thing to talk about because, you know, as George has, you know, so eloquently taken the bullet for on several occasions, you know, you, you say, you express an opinion that is not completely 100% politically correct, and yep. suddenly, you know, you're a racist, and yep. you're, and you, you personally own slaves, yeah. and, and, oh, and all George, that kind of George killed six million people during World War II. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I'm Hitler, apparently. Yeah, he was called Hitler, yeah. So, you know, it, the best way I can explain this is that if you had, and I'm not saying you should, but if you had, if you changed Peter Parker's ethnicity tomorrow and made him a young African-American youth, given, you know, the, the troubles that Peter Parker has faced over the years... That's not much, I mean, the transition could be a lot easier than having a black Superman. Because the upbringing that that character would have shapes who Superman is. And I think Marvel had kind of a black Superman. That Blue Marvel series Mm -hmm. was kind of a Superman-type character. So you can have that, but but nothing is really served by changing Superman's ethnicity. I mean, James Olsen, uh, James Grown Man Olsen, as the Supergirl Radio Girls call him, uh, you know, is is black in the new Supergirl series. And that really doesn't bother me one way or the other. He works Harry, really well on the pilot, which I can only verify from hearing from other people and not because I've seen it. <coughs> and, and to be fair, that was something they were going to do in the 90s anyways. I mean, Chris Rock was up for the role. Uh, when they yeah. were kicking around that Superman movie, and I think Lawrence Fishburne was a great Perry White. Yeah, I agree. In Man of Steel, and you know, I, I just, but I just think there is nothing served by suddenly, you know, making that character black. I understand that it's a complicated issue. I understand that there are are are, are strong feelings on both sides of this. I have talked to both sides of this. And in the end, I, I just don't see where making him black is is going to serve any function. Uh, it, it's it's not going to balance the scales. It's not going to do what some of the people on the you know on the pro side of it say it's going to do. I I just it it just doesn't work for me, and that doesn't make me racist, and that doesn't make me you know wanting to keep keep the black man down, you know, you know, which, which again, God, why can't we just freaking talk about this without people getting so heated about it? It just bothers the crap out of me that it turns into a shouting match. And then some dude's going to write, you know, some dude's going to hear this and suddenly there's going to be a blog post about how I'm racist because I don't want Superman to be black. You know, I just, I, I don't, okay? I don't. The character has been white for 77 years. Okay? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a track record, you know? And, and changing him just for the sake of changing him is smacks to me of tokenism, and that doesn't serve anybody. 
No, so, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. That's always been my thing is like if you want to diversify it, there are black characters you can use to diversify it. You can bring in you can bring in Steel uh, in a supporting role in a Superman thing. Or if you don't want it to be a, a supporting role, you you can have other, you know, black heroes, Cyborg. I mean, Cyborg is is the founding member of the JLA now. You know. And, you know, and John Stewart for oh, a John long Stewart's t- my favorite Green Lantern. For for a for a whole generation of kids, John Stewart is Green Lantern, and they don't know who the hell Hal Jordan is because mm-hmm. of that uh, Justice League. Of the cartoon, Justice League, right? yeah. Cartoon. I always yeah. I always liked uh, John Stewart more than I ever liked uh, Hal Jordan uh, when I was reading of the DC stuff that I read back in like the eighties and and ninety early nineties. I never was big yeah. much into Kyle Rayner, but like you know, yeah, I'm I'm into that too. I'm like, why you know. Again, why do we have to take an existing character and, and yeah. change him? Why can't we just introduce – like if the Avengers – I mean the Avengers are very diversified now. The, uh, you know, Look at the new Avenger trainees we have. We've got uh, Falcon and we've got uh, um, uh, War, Machine. War Machine. Yeah, thank you, War Machine. You know? now, now, does your answer differ for Spider-Man as opposed to Superman, Michael? You know – the people on the other side uh, 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 have been so obnoxious and ignorant about the subject that I'm just like, I want to keep them white just to piss them off at this point. <laughs> well, remember the reaction when, when the Michael B. Jordan thing came out and you had people, you know, remember, because you and I were in a couple, involved in a couple of discussions on Facebook with people about it. You know, we were pointing out, you know, well, this is just, there are people, it is a legitimate, you know, uh, aesthetic, you know, I guess de- not desire, but like choice or per- preference to see the character depicted as he's been depicted for fifty years. Yeah, I, I, I just I, I I don't think that if you are like I don't want a typically white character to be changed for black for a film or whatever does not automatically make you racist. Okay, it does not automatically make you insensitive. It makes you have in your head your idea of what this fictional character should be like if you're going to represent him live action. And it has nothing to do with Michael B. Jordan as an actor. I mean, you know, Daredevil had a crap script, but I think Michael Clark Duncan acquitted him quite, himself quite well as the Kingpin. I thought yeah. he did a really good job with it. Yeah. And in that, in that character, it really didn't matter. So where is the line? And the line is... What characters are icons, you know? Spider-Man is an iconic character. I mean, freaking Tobey Maguire said that, I think, in the, in the third film. Superman is an iconic character. You want to explore what Batman would be like uh, if he was black? Read JMS's Supreme Power. Mm. And you straight up have... Nighthawk in that in that thing is the is a black Batman. They even gave him his own Joker in a really creepy limited series, I might add. Uh, so I just it, it it just it seems like okay. I understand what you're trying to do. I understand that you're saying that we need to level the playing field, but does it really level the playing field? Because it seems to me that Hollywood is going to do what Hollywood wants to do no matter what we want. So it's just, you know, who is the guy that they wanted to play Spider-Man? Uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
one, he's like, what, 50 now or something like that? <laughs> he's in his 30s now. He's in his early 30s, I think. He's yeah. in his early 30s. So he's the same age as Andrew Garfield. The same, who I might add, these same people were like, he's too old to play the character. So mm. it just, it, he can't win. I mean, he really can't. And You can't. I, I'm, I'm, and it's sad that we can't. I mean, you can't have a civil debate with some people about it. Either. No, not at all. But you can't. No. You can't have a civil debate with some people about just you know the most innocuous thing about. Comedy. I would. I would agree with that. And look, well, look what happened. I mean, I don't mean to prolong this debate, but you know, look what happened with Star Trek Into Darkness when they cast a white con. You know, it was like you know, oh, you know, we, you know, the whitewashing of Star Trek because you know, we, you know, we had our colored villain or we had our ethnic villain and they made him white that's racist and it's like no you got the best actor for the role and he happened to be a white dude well actually um i remember listening and i don't remember who who was saying this if it was the producers or the writers i think it was the writers uh who were talking about that you know the fact that they'd taken away an ethnic role and given it given it to a white person it was because they didn't want to make a, a, a non-white person the villain Yep, that was part so, of it. It was like, mm-hmm. yes, and make so, a dark-skinned person. If you make a dark-skinned person a terrorist, you're te- then you know that's yeah, you're right. That's it, what the, it's, it's. It's when you're trying to pander to one thing, you're going to upset somebody else for not pandering to this other thing. And I'm like, just do what's what. If you really want to be literal about the character, Ricardo Montalban shouldn't have even been con. It should have been an Indian guy. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and 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 George, like years ago, you, you mentioned this. There was a, an actor, I forget his name, but he, he had a guest starring role <coughs> briefly on Law and Order Special Victims Unit, uh, in, in an episode where he was an agent that uh, li- that Olivia Benson was teamed up with, and you said he would make a good con. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't Navarre, know if you remember that. Navari Andrews. Yeah, I remember. I, I was the one that discussed, brought it up. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw that he was too short, and I was like, no, nah, he's not so much. Did I say George? I meant JR. I apologize. I was about to say, I don't know who that you're talking about. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one with memory issues. No, I remember JR saying that, and when he said it, it clicked. It was like, oh, God, he'd be great for that role. So, But again, you know, that's a fair point is that, you know, since 9 11, there, people are a little more sensitive about making, you know, Arabs the bad guys, essentially, for lack of a better term, where in the 80s, that was like the way to go, apparently. Um, and well, remember, Bailey, we talked about this in G.I. Joe, when G.I. Joe, number one, had that backup story, Hot Potato, where they were in mm-hmm. the desert fighting against Arab terrorists, and how in every reprint, that's been gone now. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, well, well we can't have that because it's insensitive, yeah. but they cast, a, they, they, they cast Doctor Strange as Khan, and... You know, suddenly that's insensitive too. So again, you can't win. No. So I'm surprised anybody makes movies anymore. <laughs> in all honesty, well, you know the funny yeah. thing though about Khan is that it was originally written as a white guy. I mean, his name wasn't Khan. His name was like Ragnar Thorwald or whatever, and it was originally written as a Viking type character. But then the casting director came to Gene Roddenberry and said, "Gene, I think we can get Ricardo Montalban for this." And Gene said, "Shit, you know." I mean, and so they <laughs> redid the character a little bit, but it was like that was like, "Whoa, the, the act the, we got a great actor who can do this character." Mm-hmm. And, and so and so he became Khan, even though he wasn't written that way originally. It was because they got a great actor. And it's like, if there's a great actor who could do Superman, who happened to be a black guy, I mean, I, I you know, I wouldn't care if Spock were a black guy to be honest, because it's so it's more important to get the character right 
than to get his ethnicity right. You know, just because Leonard Nimoy did it for 50 years doesn't mean that a, a, a man of another ethnicity can't do it because it's more important to get that character right than to get him white. But but I wouldn't want to. But I wouldn't want to see. But I wouldn't want to see Captain Kirk black because Kirk is an Iowa farm boy. That's the character. So anyway, very good uh, debate with the that was brought on by. Yes, we, we look forward to hearing your racist you know, our comments about how we're all racist on iTunes now. We just got a bunch of bad iTunes yeah. reviews after. Big Al from Edgeware. Jr. what would happen if Norman bonded to the Venom symbiote? Uh, would he be able to control it? And if so, what would he do with it? I don't think that's ever been a – he's never had the black suit on, has he? <laughs> no, he's not, unless you count the uh, unless you count the uh, the anarchist Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse series or whatever. Mm. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's, a good, that's a good question. I, I don't know exactly what Norman would do with it because – you know, Norman's already got superpowers. You know, he's already got money. He's, I'm not sure what that could bring to Norman. But the question of whether he could control it, well, that's funny. Norman would think he could, but Norman being Norman, you know, would screw it up, and probably the symbiote would wind up taking control. But, uh, you, know, yeah. I, 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 you know, that's a, that's a pairing that I don't see serving any good purpose. I don't see what it brings. Whereas when a what if were Venom, where the symbiote took, took got bonded with the Punisher, to me, that yeah. made a lot of sense. That was a cool yeah. idea. Lord knows the symbiote on Norman Osborn would be a better story than him just in space with the Guardians. He's not doing anything yeah. with the Guardians. He's just in the background. I've, I've read several. I've caught up on my Guardians, and man, Flash Thompson there was, is not There was no anything. point. No point None at all this point. to make him part of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. None. Brett and George, could you guys give your thoughts on Slot's rel- uh, relatively recent comments about the following? And he quotes Slot by saying, quote, The incredible, vibrant, and 3D character that Stanley and John Romita Sr. brought to life is the real Mary Jane, and that when you added a tortured backstory to explain why she needed to be the center of attention, that was subtractive rather than additive. Uh, to what made MJ awesome. Right. Um, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I don't care if anyone takes umbrage to it. Dan Slott doesn't understand most of these characters on fundamental levels. He thinks he does. Uh, he, he absolutely doesn't, especially even, even Peter. Um, what he is overlooking is the fact that... Uh, I, I think he's trying to say that a lot of Mary Jane's backstory, you know, including you know, the stuff with her family and everything... That that stuff got brought up after they were married, and you know, to make her more important and explain her role. The fact is, they were getting into her family as early as Marv Wolfman, and they were getting into her family at different points in the Roger Stern run. You know, and and we're talking years before they were ever married. Um, so here's the thing. When, when, you, when he says that that's the real MJ, that was the real MJ for that moment in time. MJ, like Peter, more than any other of the supporting characters, has, except for maybe Aunt May, has been allowed to evolve and grow over the years. Now it's weird is because you had a, a period where because, you know, to suit joke with Satan's whimsy, we had to throw Spider-Man back to being an immature man-child while Mary Jane – you know, was allowed to make mistakes, go off, do her own thing, you know, sleep with a doper celebrity. Um, you know, I, and I still think that was done to try to get us to hate her a little bit. 
Yep. And um, and then also go on to different dudes like a placeholder, and uh, and become a business owner and own her own thing. You know that kind of thing. So yeah. it's weird, and yet Peter is still trapped, at least uh, until at this point, we're about to get an alternate you know, marriage timeline, uh, as being the immature man-child. So she's, she is, is a character that has evolved and it has grown, and it, every bit of it has been organic. Uh, JR probably thinks I'm wrong. The the uh, the thing is no uh, what I think the Falco did in the eighties by giving her the backstory of the family etc it humanized her and it made us uh, embrace her and love her even more as a character. Not everyone is a party girl twenty four seven. There are multiple facets to a person's uh, personality. And uh, f- for everybody that's uh, very happy at one end, there's they they balance it with some tragedy or that, I mean, no one has a perfect life, and Mary Jane is not a perfect person. So I think it humanized her, and that just made us love her even more. Yeah, well, at least for me. Well, I mean, and, and uh, actually, I have to agree with George, even though he and I are now at loggerheads all the time. Uh, <laughs> To be honest, that's a stupid comment. That is an utterly stupid comment. The vibrant and 3D character Stan and John brought to life and is the real MJ. Have you go back and read some of the real MJ's dialogue? It's atrocious. She's a (laughs) one-dimensional character. Peter Peter even says she's pretty. What was it? He said she's pretty, but she's as dim as a pumpkin seed or something like that. She was she was a one-dimensional character that Stan created. To kind of be the bad girl, you know, because Gwen was the good girl. You know, Gwen was the girl that Peter had, was going to marry or whatever. He, but Mary Jane just became too fun to write, and so. Yeah. But no, she, no, it just that's a stupid statement because it's not even true. You know, ba- mm-hmm. Bailey wanted to say something too, Brad. Go ahead, Mike. Did we lose Mike, Bailey? Yeah, he didn't have the squiggly lines. Nope, he's still there. All right, let's move on. Uh, to everyone, what writers who's never had a true run on Amazing Spider-Man would you like? Hang on, Brad. He says he's here. Hang on. Okay. Say, Bailey, say something. Can you can you hear us from the other side? Bailey. If you can hear us, <laughs> ring a bell. Uh, yeah. There he is. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, it's an ungrateful statement. Uh, let's go back to the interview you guys did with Slot back before he became Slot. Um, <laughs> what's his backstory with Marvel? He was a he was an intern that lied about being an intern. Yep. Okay. Who let that slide? <laughs> Tom DeFalco. If so I'm remember- saying that one of my favorite Spider writers uh, is to blame for Dan Slot. Uh, But what what I'm basically saying is that Dan Slott is looking at the man that let him commit fraud, which is what it was. I'm sorry. He wasn't a college student, and he was in a college student intern position and got caught, and they went, ah, I guess he likes comics. And Tom DeFalco is the one that let that slide. And what you just said is, you know that all that backstory you gave to MJ? That that that's that's not additive to the character and it and it's it goes against everything. What an ungrateful asshole. <laughs> oh god. So you're saying that, that Tom DeFalco in essence is Hank Pym. 
Yes. And and Dan Slott is Ultron. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Breaking it down, Mr. Bailey. Uh, let's see. Who has never had a true run on Amazing Spider-Man that you'd like to have a crack of the main title? And the same question for the artist. Person, I'd love to have Peter David and Todd Knock. I would, Peter I David, would fangasm Peter, if those two got on. Peter yeah. David never has had an Amazing Spider-Man run where he is... He's in control of the main ship. He's always been on a satellite book. If he were driving and steering the, the amazing ship, that would be awesome. Yeah, I don't think he's I could always, that. Yeah, I would just love it. it, it he's every, he, his writing style is everything mm-hmm. that makes Spider-Man good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, an artist besides Togonak that you'd like that's never had a, not, a run at it? Hmm. Diodato, maybe who hasn't had like a like an actual like lengthy. Well, no, he did, didn't he? Wait a minute. Yeah, he yeah, was. He was, he was yeah, he was yeah, never mind. Then. Yeah, I'll take that back. I'll walk it back. I forgot about that. Which is sad because I love I love Diodato. I like it. I always have. I'm trying to think of some myself. Um... Yeah, I really couldn't right. think of an artist either, to be honest. I mean. <laughs> I mean, they, they've had they've been in satellite positions, but never on amazing. I don't know. We we, we might come back if we think of it. Uh, oh, went, I'd like to see Lee Weeks have a regular run on Spider. Yeah, I like Lee yeah, Weeks a lot. Also good. Uh, to everyone, should Robbie be brought into the inner circle of people who know Peter as Spider Man become a confidant to him? It's all it's been suggested. And I think most heavily in Craven's Last Hunt that Robbie knows. Yeah, Ro- but, Robbie's like the Commissioner Gordon to uh, Peter's Yeah, family. He knows. Yeah. yeah. Or he did well, before all the He did until all the, yeah. all the bullshit happened, yeah. JR, many people felt that Spider-Verse had far too many characters and that the inher- inheritors killing Spider-Heroes across the multiverse didn't make for a very compelling story. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, so to each of you, if you had to pick at most seven... Oh, God Jesus damn. Christ. At most seven different spider heroes to focus on, along spider. How did he uh, come Peter up with Parker. seven? How did you, how does he arrive at that number? Was he sitting it, there thinking it out and thinking? No, no, no. Six I got it. Isn't enough, but by God, eight is too damn much. Seven <laughs> little superheroes. Oh, number, from Amazing yes. Friends. That's where he got yes. it. To focus upon alongside Peter Parker, who would they be and why and what? Where would uh, be the story you'd tell about them? I know I asked this question before, but originally I intended it for Jr., who wasn't on the show at the time. <laughs> okay, Jr., that's all you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, seven. It doesn't mean you have to do seven, Jr. No, actually, I did think of seven. Um, okay, it took it. me a little. It took me a little while to come up with a couple of them, but I. I thought, well, first of all, Mayday, for one, have his daughter. That would be cool. Uh, Miguel, Spidey 2099, Miles, uh, you know, legacy characters. Kind of, Peter would be the leader, but then, you know, people like Miles and Miguel and even Mayday would kind of show how his influence had inspired people, you know, across time and space or whatever. Um, Spider-Ham, for the the sheer humor factor. Um I, I would like to see, you know, I thought Japanese Spider-Man, you know, with his his, his robot Leopardon or whatever it was called. Leopardon. <laughs> oh my God! It's like you said, Clee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought I thought that you know I think that would have been interesting. Uh, '60s cartoon yeah. Spider-Man and uh, Superior <laughs> Spider-Man. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what they would do, to be honest, but kick I, the I shit, find kick it, the shit out find, of something. 
Yeah. Find a new writer for their yeah. main title. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't object to the idea of Spider Verse. I thought you know it'd be you know that's a yeah. cool idea to have Spider Man team up to fight or Spider People team up to fight some uh, an awesome foe or save the universe or something. But the story we got sucked. <laughs> There's your answer. They wanted to hear it from straight from Jr. Wolf Cipher from. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> Holy shit! I just saw. That. Oh my god! Wow. I thought that said Virginia, but it does wow. not. Virginia. Uh, Douglas the Brad. How was your vacation? What fun things? <laughs> You're a dirty, dirty Wolf Cipher. My. I love the the ellipses after it. Just like. Yeah, like, dot, well, dot, it, dot. it matches the avatar. It's like he's being born or something. Oh, I'm out. Uh, oh, how was the yeah, what the, the things did you get into? Uh, what did I do when I was away from the crawl space for two months? I, I had a James Bond marathon on my DVR. I, um, I, I have stopped it. Oh, well, this is funny. I stopped at Octopussy. <laughs> I really did. That was the last You make it sound I... like it's a convenience store. Well, I know. <laughs> well, it's just... <laughs> We're playing off of his location. They're selling Surge. It's great. <laughs> um, I I finished a whole, all of uh, Gotham and uh, uh, Agents of Shield. Did you finish? Did you finish up Flash? I I do not have a high definition CW in this market. On my dish, uh, my CW is in standard. I just can't. That watch. is effing insane. Yeah. So I'm having I'm having to wait for Flash on Netflix to watch. The 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 the, the last three episodes of the Flash was the strongest three episodes I've ever seen from a superhero TV show. Ironically, I've never seen an episode of Flash until I watched three fourths of the season finale <laughs> at the gym, and uh, and that it looked pretty good. I liked the guy playing from the TV show Ed. I don't know anything about the Flash character, but I I liked what I saw. Do you guys feel that Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman of the 616, has never really been a real Spider-Man character? Her reason for existing apparently were just so Marvel could have the rights to the name Spider-Woman. That's not apparently. That's accurate. Hmm. That is. That's, that's, that's confirmed. <laughs> it's the same reason we have She-Hulk. <laughs> uh, do you feel that she is or should just be more integral to the Spider-Man side of Marvel, or should she continue to have her own, uh, have little to do with that area? No, she's always worked best off on her own. She's, she really shouldn't have even been included in, uh, in Spider-Verse, to be honest. Mm-hmm. She, well, it, it made for an easy way to launch a title for her. But I, I think of her more of an, as an Avengers she character. Is. She is. Him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I always like when the followers ask you guys about your favorites and least favorite writer's stories uh, to each member of the panel and the host. Very nice. I want... You guys, to think of your favorite Spider-Man supervillain answer. What story was the worst story you ever wrote with that villain? No, uh, what's the worst Norman, Jr. Uh, gathering and f- gathering a five slash final chapter. Although uh, I do give a special mention to Goblin Nation because as Spencer says, why did they make Norman look like Abraham from Walking Dead? Wow. <laughs> uh, Ashley, we're not going. You can't pick Black Cat. He there says. He <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for you. Actually, Ashley. reject uh, that premise. Actually, what's your least favorite black cat story? There you go. Evil that men do. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. I, I loved it so much up until that last volume. I'm just like, really, really. Exactly. He he took two years off to write those two. Yes, bad-ish. protect the the person who's been on this murderous rampage because oh oh you have a connection oh he's a victim oh Felicia you're so compassionate. What? 
Uh, Mike, who's your favorite uh, Spidey villain? What's their worst story? <laughs> uh, Doc Ock is my favorite. Okay. And that run uh, that he was like the sad sack villain in like the mid 80s around the time of like Web of Spider-Man where he just apparently couldn't catch a break or whatever. Um, I, I thought that that and chapter one were like the low points for him. Yeah. Well, you have to understand that that came after and Brad and I have covered a lot of these on the fight clubs that came a, that came after an extended period in the early 80s of him getting his ass whooped. Yeah, he got, he was scared of his... I mean, at one point, his... Spider-Man tore his goddamn arms off. You know? Yeah. So I can kind of see where he was, but not not talking about the quality of the story. I'm just saying it, it makes sense for in the late, later 80s. He was kind of like, shit, I can't catch a break. Well, since we mentioned Norman and Ock, I'll say Venom. Uh, just the many, many... When he became a hero after his first two appearances in Amazing... When it became Lethal Protector period is where the where he just lost a lot. At what me. point did he become the uh, the brains Venom? That was around Larson, I think. Was it? Actually, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, that yeah. was one of my choices for um, Spider History yeah. uh, issued like 332 and 333. I think was the first. Yeah. I want to eat your brain. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, George, what's yours? Uh, it would be Stegron, okay. and obviously it's Spider Man and the X Men number one. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, real quick, I'm so glad you're ba- you Brad are back. This is my favorite podcast on the net, and the sole reason I even listen to podcasts at all. It's just nice to know that while the books, the cartoons, and the movies have been murky, to put it nicely, I still have something in the world of Spider-Man to look forward to, and that I can enjoy consistently. Thank you, nerds, for having the patience to do these podcasts, especially for encouraging reviews, feedback, and participation from the fans. So that thank was, you very that much. That was nice. Aww. That was very, very was nice. nice for somebody with a completely filthy location. <laughs> I, I agree. And I would recommend Views from the Long Box and Michael Bailey's podcast also, because Aww. he does it right. There you go. Uh, last poster, uh, Zipline. His location is on Brad's list. Uh, just wanted to add a Which quick list? edit to say uh, the the good list. No, he's on your S list. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to add a quick edit to say welcome back to Brad and his amazing friends. I like that. That's very nice. Not sure if, it, if I've ever heard Michael Bailey's opinion on the marriage between Peter and Mary Jane, but what are his thoughts on the Renew Your Vows story coming shortly? <clears throat> Slots writing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Did I say it um, all right there, Bailey? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm one of these people that doesn't have, a, like, a strong dog in the race. You know, I, I, you know when I was reading, uh, you know, when I started reading comics, it was in 1987. So it was right around the time they got married. So for, you know, almost 20 years, I, I knew them as a married couple, and I accepted them as a married couple, even though Jesus Marvel tried like hell to get that marriage broken up on numerous occasions. Uh, I think that if they had done it in any other way than they did, it would have been preferable uh, to, to how they broke it up because I think the end result of that was not worth what they did to get there. Uh, I think, I think slots going to use this as kind of a big F you to the audience. Uh, so I'm not looking forward to it. I, it's not one of the Secret Wars tie-ins that I'm buying. The uh, in, in my opinion, because I haven't read it, but this is what I suspect will happen. He he will 
he's often said that the marriage doesn't work, the the coupling of Mary Jane and Peter does not work, and he's going to write uh, it not working. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna try to prove his. He's point. gonna write a story and say, "See, see, this is what I was telling you." And he's gonna use exactly. it. And half of it, and and when he does it, he'll take it to Twitter, and half of it will be in all caps. Yeah, I'm just gonna but say yeah. it, it, it's hard to make anything work when he can't write Peter properly, <laughs> or Mary Jane for that matter, or Mary Jane, or anything. And and why did they they have a daughter that's a redhead and they called her Annie in this book? What is that about? I, I commented on that today um, because at first. Uh, when I first learned the character's name, I, I, I for, the, immediately my first reaction was, "Well, you know, which one of Crusader's family is this named after?" <laughs> um, but no, I, I started thinking about it, and you know, I, there's a there's a moment in the 1982 Annie movie, which, by the way, I love. I, I, I saw that. My daughter. I don't loves know how many times I saw the 1982 God. Annie in the damn movie theater with my mom. Because um, you, know, you know, because I am such a misogynist. And um, there's there's a moment in there when Annie is singing about the parents that she has never met. And one of the lines in that song, you know, it's maybe, maybe, you know, she's this. Yeah. Oh, that gets me. And there's a line in that song that says their greatest, their biggest mistake was giving up me. And I keep thinking about that in regard to this character, and 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 maybe. You know, because Dan Slott likes to do little cutesy outside references to pop culture and everything. You know, especially Community. My God, he tries to rip so much off of from Community. Um, oh, I'd like to see that. Uh, but, uh, oh, you missed the whole Crazy Town Banana Pants uh, time around here. I, remem- I remember that. I remember... Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't see it on the crawl space, but I, I just know that. Oh, it, yeah, it was very, it was very uh, interesting around here. But um, I, so I, I think maybe I, that's what it makes me think of, at least, uh, from a pop culture standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that Steve Wacker is taking over Marvel Animation, should fans expect more of the same slapstick content featured in Ultimate Spider-Man? Are we up for a legitimate, ch- legitimate change in the entire line? I'll give Wacker the benefit of the doubt. I'm actually looking forward to the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon. He, fa- I mean, he was he failed and was utterly incapable of giving me an amazing Spider-Man I could enjoy, uh, and was a complete prick about it. Um, but uh, I'm I'm actually I think animation's the best fit for him because a he doesn't he it doesn't allow him to interface with the fans as much. You know, so there's less, you know, what is he going to go do on kids' message boards now? They're going to like, well, I didn't like this. I think the scripture sucks. He's be like, yeah, well, you're not the audience. <laughs> you know? Look, look I, I, I don't pay these animators to show you something. I right. pay them to show me something. <laughs> I'm the customer, nice. so why don't you grow up, Pearl Clutcher? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I, see, I see less of a chance for him to be a jackass on that level. Um, and I no, I actually do. I, I'm very hopeful for the Guardians cartoon. What about you, Brad? I mean, yeah, I I, I love uh, like I've said so many times, Spider Man number one, Hulk number two. I I can't watch the Hulk cartoon. Uh, the Spider Man cartoon is a little bit more tolerable, uh. but uh, but just barely. Uh, the Hulk it just doesn't. It, it's Hulk and his amazing. They missed the they missed the point of the Hulk. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He doesn't lead a squad of Hulkettes around. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I, I'm not the target for it, and I'm not watching it. So I'm, I'm just to have no interest in the animation. How? I mean, it's, it's not. 
meant for a mass audience. It's meant for a narrow audience. Which is what kills me, because if they had done what DC did with their animated stuff and go for a mass audience... Yeah, I was just going to say that. It, it, that it could have gone The on. Justice yeah. League, I knew adults watching that. I mean, adults made that uh, uh, scheduled programming on Cartoon Network when it a- aired. Yeah. Uh, and kids loved it, adults love it. The Pixar stuff is made for a mass audience. Mm-hmm. The Marvel cartoons are meant for little kids. And little kids are smarter than that. Yeah, they are. Uh, n- uh, number three, what do the Crawl Spacers think of Battleworld as a whole? Is it, uh, this looking like the new House of M in which everything eventually went back to normal, or is this the Marvel Universe completely here to stay for decades? I have no idea what's going on with Secret Wars and Battleworld. And Literally, all the only person we have on the podcast that gives a damn and is keeping up with it is not here. And I haven't read either Secret Wars issues yet, so I don't even know what Battleworld is. Ask that is. question next month when we have uh, yeah. <laughs> when we have Spectacular Mike back, because mm-hmm. right. he'll, he'll be able so- to answer it. Can someone on the podcast, last question, can someone on the podcast explain why the new Fantastic Four movie will be bad and tell fans what the chances are that Marvel would make a deal with Fox to include the FF and the MCU as they did with Sony for Spider-Man? Say, with the new movie, what is it going to bring that the original Fantastic Four movie, not the original, but the one done like early 2000s, I think, how are they going to be different? At least with that one, it's enjoyably bad. Like... You can watch it as a bad movie and enjoy it. This new one just looks dull. There are parts of those first two from the early 2000s that I liked. Mm-hmm. Parts. But, but parts. parts. It's got uh, this corniness to it. This is uh, the, the parts I liked, I mean, uh, the Galactus and Doctor Doom were glaring. <laughs> just They ruined it, uh, uh, most of it. They nailed the Silver Surfer. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. I, liked, I liked the portrayal of that. Uh but this 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 new Fantastic Four movie misses the point, um, yeah. and they they hired a director who basically I think was trying to do like a sequel to his earlier film and not a Fantastic Four film, uh, while also trying to do a ripoff of a parent. There's a lot of sequences in the trailers that look like Interstellar, mm-hmm. um, but no, it's they're all the same age. The Fantastic Four is a family, and they're not a family. Who you know came together because you know of circumstances, and they're just friends who feel like they're family. They are literally family, uh, except for Ben Grimm. Who, but he's you know he's like the he's like you know he's like he's like the he's uncle. the uncle. He's like mm-hmm. me to all my friends' kids, right? And, and and I and you always think of Reed and Sue as mom and dad, and I always thought as Johnny and and Ben as the brothers. right. But now <laughs> let, let me point this out: the gal playing yeah. Sue. Is actually like four years, or not maybe not four, but is years older than the actor playing Reed. There should be a generational gap between all of these, between the between Reed and, and uh, or there should be on one level Ben and Reed, and then there's Sue underneath that, and then at the bottom is Johnny, because that sets up so much of their family structure and so much of their conflict. Without that, you miss so much of what makes the Fantastic Four the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why the Ultimate Fantastic book did not work. Yeah, and and this, which it's funny, they're basing this more on the fail again, the yeah. failed Ultimate continuity that's a, that's going away. Yeah. Um, and so you you have that on that level, and also we have a Doctor Doom now, and this is another case where Fox Fox is it's amazing to me because they do so many you know extraordinary things on the X Men side with their characters and, and how they portray them. 
But then they get over to Fantastic Four, and it's like they're embarrassed to have someone named Doctor Doom. Yeah, they've changed his name. He can't be Doctor Doctor Doom is a nickname he gets on the internet from his angry blogging. He's a mad blogger. And and, oh and again, God. they tie. Which this was another failing of the, of the original movies. They tie his origin in with theirs, mm-hmm. and the, and the fact that he's involved in the accident and he gets you know he gets his own powers. That should not be part of the equation. The, the equation that Doom is involved with is his, uh, is his hatred of Reed and blaming Reed for what happened to him yeah. and trying to destroy the rest of them for that. So it, it doesn't get the point on uh, – again, on, uh, and I say this a lot, and it's a, it's a go-to for me – on fundamental levels. He, the, the filmmakers do not understand the source material, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the biggest reason it's going to suck. You know, and, I don't understand. The th- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, go ahead, Jerry. I, I was going to say, uh, the thing with Doctor Doom is that Doctor Doom is one of the most famous supervillains, and co- everybody everybody knows who Doctor Doom is. Yes, comic comic book fa- people who are not comic book fans know the name Doctor Doom. It's Luke, Lucas allegedly uh, modeled Vader after Darth, Darth Vader after Doctor. I believe that so effing much. Yeah, and, and, but so he's so he's already famous. For what he is, even if he is a little—I mean, you know—I you know, like Doctor Doom, but even if he is a little bit sticky or corny or whatever, he's Doctor Doom. Everybody knows who he is. Nope. He's a classic villain. Why would you change that? Why would you change anything that made him a classic villain? And whenever they do, it, it fails. I mean, it, uh, yep. it's another case, you know. Where, again, where I said, you know, Fox is embarrassed at having Doctor Doom, you know, because I guess because of his name. I don't know. Um, but whereas Marvel will take Doctor Doom and embrace him with open arms and find a way to make him sinister. It's sad to me that the greatest uh, screen representation now that Doctor Doom will ever have uh, is uh, Clytus from uh, Flash Gordon. <laughs> Doctor Doom's armored right-hand man. <laughs> he, was, man. he was a more accurate Doctor Doom than anything else I've ever seen. <laughs> man. And no one else apparently knows who the hell I'm talking about. I don't. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Clytus, I'm bored. Clytus, I'm bored. What playthings do you have for me today? Obscure body in the SK system. I want a shirt that says hot hail on it. <laughs> Gang, I think it's time to wrap this one up. This went a long time. This was two hours and 40 I, minutes. I think someone misunderestimated how many questions we had. Even though we only had, a, even so. we only had 11 <laughs> posts, many of them had... But layers on layers. Yes. My goodness, yeah. I was expecting this one to go an hour. An hour I know, and, and All right. you always lowball it, and it's always so damn. I do lowball it, shit. But I appreciate everybody writing in. It's been a while since we've done this, and, and I, I enjoyed it. I thought very good questions to alter this one. 